With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler, buddy. Wednesday night, how we feeling? Back-to-back Wednesday night. Back-to-back in the offseason, yeah. Yeah. March Madness on the tube. Dwight Vick somewhere in Northern Virginia trying to get to his house (laughs) to get (laughs) on with us. (laughs) Dwight will be here, folks. Uh, he, he messaged us, said he's running a little bit behind. So um, he'll join us in just a few minutes here. But, Brian, w- what a crazy few days, basically starting last week at this time, basically through today with the tournament, which we'll talk about with Dwight, with NFL free agency, and just with brackets in general. I mean, have you filled yours out yet? Yeah, I filled mine out today. I finally looked at it enough. I was like, let's let's go ahead and, and put this bad boy together and see what we got. Um, I don't feel confident, but we'll see how it goes, man. You know how you know how this thing usually runs. Uh, I, I do. I tell you, I was going through the stuff and I've made my picks, and I don't have any like crazy crazy upsets or anything like that in a year of crazy upsets. Like, you know, I, I go through it. Um, you know, I, I thought about taking the alma mater Longwood over Tennessee, but I've watched a lot of that SEC championship and the SEC games in general. And Tennessee's on a roll, and Rick Barnes is a damn good coach, and he makes runs in he makes runs in March. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what uh, Longwood's able to do against them. Um, you know, I'm I'm more focused on looking at the tech side of the bracket after that magical run through the ACC and seeing how many of those teams in the East they can uh, they can knock out. I feel like it's a pretty good matchup in round one against Texas. Um, yep. After that, you know, you got it got Purdue, which I think is going to be you know that, yeah. that's a potential matchup could be a, could be a tough one. Um, I think in some areas we match up well with them and in some areas not so much, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they've got size with the big seven-foot-plus guy. Um, but as we saw last weekend, though, especially on offense, when they're running high post with Keith, 
even some of the most athletic big men in the country, like Williams and Bacot, um, could not guard that. They couldn't get back on the rolls. They couldn't get out on the three-point shooters. Um, so Purdue, I mean, let, let's get through Texas first. Let's go out there and keep the roll, keep shooting the ball well, playing good D. They don't have a great offense. So, you know, that, that's that's good things. Um, but it's just going to be a, it's a fun tournament. I mean, we lost it in 2020. Last year was kind of a, a minor version, an E minor version of the uh, tournament because you didn't have full capacity. And you know, what happened to BCU essentially losing, which is still in protocols this year, but we haven't seen that flare up in quite a while in any tournament, probably since early January. It definitely feels like like the protocols are there, but the stringency is not what it needs to be. All righty. One last thing uh, before we bring Dwight on. Um, Hokies and free agency. Timmy Settle going up to Buffalo, where, I mean, Tim Settle in his years with the, with the Washington football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them, has played a vital secondary role. The Bills getting Von Miller, so you got what Timmy, Ed Oliver on the inside, Miller on the outside. They're they're going for it. They thought they were getting McKissick as well. And then they did. He came back. He came back to uh, DC. That is what it is. Um, Brandon Faison joins your Colts. Hey, that's, hey, that's always nice to get a Hokie. Honestly, um, we we ended up getting we got Faison heads up, and then we traded. Yassine for uh, uh, Yannick. So I I feel like we got essentially a a net of two better players and only really had to to trade one player to get him. So um, I think think we got the better cornerback of that exchange, and then we also got an extra uh, defensive end. So So I'll take it. Good trades. We're still sitting – well, y'all and us are still sitting here in the quarterback market, Browns, Colts. The Niners, we have a quarterback. We just have an extra one um, sitting there. But obviously, Deshaun Watson and all what he does is going to be the fallout of that. So, for me and Brian's sanity over the next two days, especially while we're locked on the March Madness, watching our alma mater along with watching our Hokies, can we get the trade done? Just so it's like finish over. I hope so. I hope we do something. I, I mean, it, 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 we're talking about maybe bringing in. Um, oh, we've looked Marcus. at so many different angles. Um, Marcus, Marcus, the guy y'all ran out of the division. Yeah, <laughs> looked at that. Baker, um, Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's. I, I've, if it's a quarterback that could potentially move, I've heard his name attached to the Colts in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Um, for can you be Hill, a so. fan? Can you be a Colts fan if Matt Ryan joins the Colts? Man. That's that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I'll be a Colts fan, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, we're not celebrating Matt Ryan victories here. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian just got informed. The White has joined us. So, without further ado, Hokey Legend, offensive lineman number fifty-seven. We bring on the White Vic. What's up? What's up? Dwight, that Northern Virginia traffic get you? <laughs> nah, man. 
Oh, okay. I had a I had a coach's meeting, man, and it ran long. And I looked at my watch. I'm like, it's nine fifteen. I gotta go. I got a podcast. I got the podcast. And um, I I ran a few stop signs and um, <laughs> Northern Virginia traffic. Yeah. I I deal with, but I was good. I was good. <laughs> don't don't run. Stop I was line. good. We would have waited for you, man. So yeah, uh, man. Don't don't get a ticket on our behalf. <laughs> bring us in the coaches meeting. We we our buddy yeah, Rob yeah. a couple weeks ago, and literally as we were pre getting ready for it, like they had just finished his high school was talking with their direct feed middle school, like they were doing some uh, things. So you, you know, feel free to bring us in next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's my um, I have an AU organization, VA yeah. Legends, man, and um. Well, I have a few teams and, um, you know, my team, we had some things, changes going on. So I had to make sure I got situated with the coaches and going over stuff, man, you know, because the high school season just ended. So I had to get the, uh, you know, just stuff with personnel and AAU stuff. But it's all good now. I'm, I was rushing home. I've been looking forward to jump on with you guys. I check you guys out frequently. So I'm I'm excited about being on right now. Well, man, we love having, <laughs> we love having you on tonight. And, and let's start with this. We all got the tech gear on. What about that yeah, yeah, yeah. title, baby? What about last week from last Wednesday when Maddox iced the Tigers through Saturday night, dominating Carolina, dominating Duke? I mean, what a run, right? You know, so let me give you this disclaimer because I know you got some followers that have followed me on Twitter for a long time. I was born at Duke University. I was born at Duke. My mom and dad, I was born in Duke and my sister was born in Raleigh. So when I was young, growing up in middle school and high school, I was a Duke fan. Then I got to Tech and, you know, obviously I'm a hokey at heart. So people give me a hard time because I rock with Duke, but I'm still a Tech fan. Like, so I was rooting for Tech and I'm actually glad they smoked Duke and I'm glad they smoked Carolina. Um, for me, it was euphoric, man. It actually means more now, now that the dust settled that championship because I think at the end of the day, um, it's just special, man, like what Mike Young is building and seeing my guy Ace Custis, who yeah. um, I basically have grown up together when we were at Virginia Tech as a, a special assistance coach. And Bruce, my guy Bruce Garns, who's been at Tech since 1988, they've seen the ups and downs. And um, Bruce was there with Buzz. So to see those players, man, um, beat the Blue Bloods. And Virginia Tech, man, you know, I always take it personal when people talk about we're a football school. At the end of the day, man, we got wrestling. We've had some great moments with softball. Um, we had track and field. Men's and women's continue to dominate. The golf team is great. I'm not going to lie and tell you I watch golf or baseball, but, you know, if it's got the orange maroon, it's Hokies, I'm down for it. So um, it was a great night, man. I, I, my wife joked about how tech fans were going to really make everybody upset because we are so <laughs> into our sports. Hokie Nation, when we get something, we go, we get to the point of we're obnoxious. So we can be annoying. Like my timeline, was oh, just, yeah. you know, people oh, yeah. trolling. But you know what? I think that's what makes us special, how hard we ride for our program, how hard we ride for our sports. But um, that was just a great night. I felt like the entire country was watching that game yeah. um, because I don't really think it was a great NBA game on. And it is the ACC tournament Saturday night primetime. And it was a great night for Virginia Tech sports, especially the basketball program, man. Um, a program that's now been to five ACC, I mean, NCAA tournaments. Yes, and um you know, I, I won't go as far as to say we're a basketball school. I think when I hear that anyway, oh, that's a basketball school or that's a football school. I get it. We love our football, but I, I mean, I, I love the fact that Tech 
um, won that championship, especially when Brian and Curtis, I know you guys know this, man, but like when we went into the ACC, um, there were a lot of teams that did not want us in that conference. You, you know, can, you can Carolina being the top two that did not want us along with mm-hmm. our, our, in, my, in, yeah. in Miami and Miami was playing some shit behind the scene to get, uh, to get me seeing mm-hmm. there instead of us. It was yeah. Oh yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. Miami never liked us because we came and we spoiled their party too. When the big East began, you know, it was supposed to be the Miami hurricane show. And we came in and we took, took that over, man. And we became their rival. I meet people now from Miami. And they'll, they 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 see I'm a tech guy, and they're like, oh, my God, we hate y'all. I said, good. They're good. He said, you know, there's some Miami fans that feel we are more of a rival to them than Florida State because of the conference years in the Big East, those years, those battles. If you ever watch ESPN Classic or you go back and do the, your due diligence with the history of the program, tech in Miami, especially in football, it was vicious. It was It was real. So – I'm glad we got an ACC. I always thought when I got to Tech, I mean, I love playing in the Big East, but I thought it made more six, make, made more sense as far as demographics and proximity with the schools. So that move in 2004 has been great, you know, because I was there when the football program was in the Big East, the basketball program was in the Metro, the Metro. playing VCU and Louisville, and yep. and the girl, the girls' team was in another conference. It was crazy, eight man. Ten. We were all over the place. Eight, <laughs> eight, eight ten for a while, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, people don't. Speaking, yeah, speaking of girls, they're in the tournament too, which yes. is crazy good. So it's yes. only like I think eleven teams that have yes. one in each. Kenny doing a heck of yes. a job there, and it's just you already said it. It's like earlier. Just during the basketball tournament, you see the tweets go out. National championship won in the what in women's track and field, two of them. The pole vault mm-hmm. in the eight hundred, mm-hmm. and and now you already mentioned it. We, we we've got some stuff on it later. I mean, what eight wrestlers going to nationals? Yep, you yeah. take top ten program. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 this thing where, and we're going to talk a lot about football, but it's. What's happened in the last five, six years is every other sport has gotten cultivated, right? Cultivated, winning program, Mm -hmm. going to championships. And now it's time to get the football program right. And we've seen the last two years, we saw the upgrades to facilities. And now we're seeing Brian, this is Brian's, this is Brian's saying, not mine, but it's true. We used to be a mom and pop organization company. After what's happened this last year, we have big business now in football. He's right. He's right. He's right. And I was never one of those players, former players in denial. I mean, because when I was there, we had an equipment manager. He's a legendary equipment manager. We had a guy named Lester Carlin. Mm -hmm. And everybody back in the 90s wore the same turf shoes. So if you were running back, you wore the same as lineman shoes. So we called them Lester Specials. So, like, you gotta understand something, bro. Like, I was there during the dark ages when yeah. we were winning off, like, real grit. Like, we, my, I was there when the Merriman Center was built my last couple of years. And I was there when we got sponsored by Nike. We will finally be able to get on the beach video games featured on EA Sports. But it was a mountain to climb. And we were very fortunate when the Beamer Ball website was created. And when all that stuff happened, it was one of those situations where, you could see the momentum coming. They got Kevin Jones. Obviously, you all know who my cousin is. They got Mike. And it yeah. kind of elevated the program. But they were winning still with 
they were winning with you know like rocks they were winning they were it was a formula but it was blue collar to the max it was you know it's kind of making lemon lemonade out of lemons instead of just going to get the pre-made pack and we were just doing everything from the mud from the ground up which made us tough mentally and physically but you can only survive on that kind of toughness by getting no stars and one stars and two stars but for so long yeah. and it got to the point where we came in and hit the ground running in the ACC and it was magical. And we came in and took over that conference in football. But I think when Clemson and Florida State and Miami elevated their finances and their stuff, it got real where it was like, okay, we didn't evolve. We kind of yeah. got stale. Yeah. Like that Beamer Ball website was great for a long time, but then it was like, okay, the internet got even bigger and we didn't yeah. have that many coaches on, we didn't have that many coaches on Twitter. And I remember um, my guy, shout out to my guy, Bud Foster. He talked to me on my podcast and he talked to me even off the record. We would talk just checking in with each other. He admitted, he messaged us in an interview to David Till or maybe it was Andy Bitter that the program, the recruiting pitches had gotten stale. And you could tell because during 2014 and 2013, we were in the running for some amazing players. I think that 2014 class was some of the best D linemen in Virginia Tech history when you had Deshaun Hand, uh, Josh Sweat, Tim Settle, um, the kid that Powell that went to UNC. I mean, it was so many guys. Um, and we were in the running, Derek Nottie, we were in the running for all those guys. At a football camp, everybody I mentioned was there. And we kept finishing number two behind Florida State, behind Penn State. And it was because of, it wasn't so much the program was six and six. That was obvious. We had kind of fallen off, but it was more so you can only push the mantra of Beamer ball and special teams and blue collar and stuff was so much because every now and then, every few years, excuse me, the generation changes. And it's just like my son, like my son will turn 16 this year. He's grown up only knowing seeing UVA beat us in football like one time. But at the same time, he also has seen the program the last several years struggle go three and one to start the season then fall off a cliff and barely make a bowl game so in his mind he's like yo what's up with your team <laughs> you know what i'm saying because he's like it's like when he i show him the like old, <laughs> yeah because you know that's his team too but he's like man i say listen you know we used to be ranked in the top 10 we used to be top 20 top and he it's all youtube stuff it's all like memories you know and that's when you realize that it was time to change like brian mentioned because if you keep living off history and what you used to be and showing old clips, as much as I love my era, I love the new era too. So I want us to show some new relatable stuff, some some current events, some stuff that that, that makes you pop right now, you know? Yeah, you were talking about uh, your era. Your era was when uh, when grit wasn't just a slogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, man, you know, I, I'm not – I'm the, I, I, I'm not here to I'm, – I'm not here to bash Fuente. I don't know him. Um, but – I love I love the Hokie Twitter account. I love social media. I think it's a gift, but it also can be a curse. I think for guys like us, we use it for the right reason. I love what y'all do. A shout out to my God, Don V. I love Don V and Drift. I love a lot of these guys I've met in Twitter spaces. So many great tech fans um, I chop it up with, even UVA and other fan bases. But at the same time, man, I got so tired. I know Brendan Hill will agree with me on this, man, and DJ Park and those guys. I got so tired of the manufactured hype. Like, you know, it just it just got to the point where, like, if you look, and again, I'm not I'm not that old school guy that get off my lawn guy. Like, I'm just 
everything was so much better in my day and everything, the food was better. The women, everyone was so much tougher. I'm not that dude. Like, it's not like that, man. I, I think there's some talent and guys are tough now. I think what it happens now is there's a lot of manufactured hype. And I thought that that hard hat and that grit, and I thought that stuff was corny. I thought it was manufactured hype because I see grit and toughness on the field. Like, yep. I don't know how many times in the last five, six years it would be fourth and third and one, and we would get stopped or have to call a timeout to run the same play in the same formation. Um, and after bye weeks or off weeks, we had no innovative plays, no wrinkles, nothing new. Toughness is not what you can talk about. I can get on Twitter right now and talk about I can this and this, and I'm tough, I can bench, and I'm strong. I can go to Dick Sporting Goods and get sleeves and hoodies and flex on you, but at the end of the day, that's not toughness. That's just manufactured hype. Because I can go and do all that and walk outside and get punched in the face. And y'all be like, man, Big Vic got smacked. <laughs> I thought he was tough. <laughs> you know, but um, I do think um, the kids we have there the last several years were working hard. But at the same time, if you don't really know what working hard is, if you haven't been pushed to that limit, if you don't really know what a winning culture is, you're just really talking about it, right? So like before I got to Tech, Tyrone Drakeford and, um, you know, um, Maurice DeShazo, J.C. Price, William Boatwright, the groundwork had been laid, even though right a few years before I got there, they were 2-8-1. and one. The year before I got there, Cornell Brown, those guys, Antonio Banks were 9-3. and three. And then I came in and it was the culture present where I understood what toughness meant and I knew how to win. And I think that's what it's about, not so much that manufactured hype that we were seeing with you know i used to laugh but i i would retweet it i would retweet it hoping that it would catch on you know i like you know i, I but we did the know, same we did the here. same no doubt. i mean i did <laughs> it's your it's, still, it's, it's still our squad uh we, yeah. we, might, we might not like it but, but we're gonna promote it yeah you know they showed it though there were moments like and this is why i love jc price why i always say he's one of the best leaders i've ever known in anything and i've done in life um you saw that when the last two games of the season he coached, minus the Maryland game, that was embarrassing. But that wasn't on him. We didn't have a team. No, I wish we we should we should we should have texted the Terps to score, um, <laughs> you know. But at the end of the day, the UVA and Miami game, you saw finally them play with toughness. And I think early on under Fuente's regime, you saw toughness those first few years because Bucky and Isaiah. Ford and the Edmonds brothers and Greg Stroman were tough. They just need to, they needed an offense. And I think they understood it. It was just that at that moment, the program had kind of got stale. But you saw toughness. You saw them take Clemson. You saw Mook Reynolds and those guys take on Clemson. And they, they went down to Florida State. And you saw some toughness. It was just never sustained. It wasn't it was, and maybe that was because of lack of depth, or maybe there was dissension in the team. Maybe that's when the whole thing happened with the turkey bacon fiasco and all that other nonsense. But <laughs> at the end of the day, man, there were moments when they showed it. I, I remember. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. In the beginning, man, when that when we when he first got there, and we won the coastal, and he was coach of the year, and we uh, went to uh, the uh, Belk Bowl and won ten games. I said, man, we finally got it. Like it's it's time. Like you know. That 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 euphoria we that euphoria we feel with Mike Young, yeah. I I felt that I was like, man, we got an offense averaging forty points a game, and Gerard Evans comes back for a year, and then all of a sudden, man, somebody said, psych, 
got, got the so, uh, got the yeah. carpet pulled out from under us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking we're talking about the transition period here. Um, when when that was kind of going on, um, you know, after we kind of moved on from Fuente, there was a lot of Twitter spaces out there. Um, Tally, I know you jumped in a bunch of them. Um, shout out, oh my God! Shout out, to, shout out to Tally. Shout out, Jonathan <laughs> Tally. Appreciate you. He he joined oh, yeah. us back in uh, back in December. That was a good time. So that was, great. Uh, that was real good. That was a real fun time. Uh, but you were you kind of took on like a kind of a leadership role amongst the fan base, amongst some of the alumni as we were kind of moving through that. As you said earlier, you, you talked about some hard truths uh, that fans in the athletic department kind of needed to hear. Can um, I say something? what kind? Yeah, Can I say something real quick. There were times on those Twitter spaces you were saying things, and I think there were some fans that were muted, probably with tears coming in their eyes because someone of your ilk had not spoken like that mm-hmm. and told the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, but what they, Brian, go ahead and finish, man. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah. I was just going to say like, what kind of compelled you kind of take on that role amongst the fan base and amongst kind of the, the, the way the, the hokey Twitter was moving at that time. Let me tell you something, man. Um, both of you guys, number one, I'm big fans of you both, man. I'm big fans of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's my home. I get emotional when I think about it, man. Like, I'm, I know I take on – people have, have acknowledged me as, like, one of the Virginia Tech ambassadors. You know, I'll, I'll ride with that. You know, I've, I've, I've written columns for 247 Sports for years with Evan Watkins and, and CZY and all of them. And I used to be on Hokey Haven, uh, you know, before that. And um, I did the pregame show with Kyle Bailey, then Danny Noakes. I've, I did the pregame bra- – I mean, the, the spring game broadcast in 2013 for Virginia Tech. You guys know I had a great career there. I mean, I felt it needed to be said because I felt like, you know, I don't think all the fans understood, like, what this meant to all the former players. Like, you got to understand, man, even before I had the Vic 757 show with my cousin Mike and all those guys that jumped on, I was having those conversations in group chats. I was on the phone. I was part of getting people back to tech, but guys didn't want to come back because they felt ostracized. So I was like, you know what? I'm a self-made guy. Like I have businesses. I'm a licensed clinician. I'm a father. So if this gets me in a situation where Fuente staff doesn't want me around, then so be it. But it's funny because even before that all went down, I was a mediator when they started doing the alumni, co- you know, connections with the Zooms and stuff. So I realized that I'm very well respected and well known. But those Twitter spaces was me just speaking from my heart, man. Like. You guys got to understand something. I know y'all probably the same way, man. Um, I am very, very busy. So yes. <laughs> when I when I jump when I jump on um, a Twitter space after setting aside five hours of my Saturday to watch us beat Fordham or Farum twenty four to thirteen and run the same jet sweeps and dives on third down and no innovation and no connection with the fan base. Or when you go flirt with a Baylor job and you come back with a cryptic tweet, but there's no message. You, I mean, because I was there when Beamer interviewed for the jobs. There were press conference. Andy Bitter said there wasn't. No, Beamer did have a – he had a team meeting, so we knew what was up. Um, I have the legacy and the connection to correct even some of the media members that don't know the history I know. So I started to realize in those Twitter spaces, I have the credibility and the respect to speak on stuff because I'm not biased. I – I'll tell you when I suck during the game and I'll tell you when they do great. I don't have anything to lose because I'm not, I don't have a hidden agenda. So when I got no spaces, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll share this with everybody listening and watching. 
my phone was blowing up, man, when I would be in. I would have so many people saying, thank you so much. Um, one of my favorites, and it, it really made me emotional, was the great, great thing a guy said, I can listen to Dwight Vick talk about sandpaper. <laughs> and I'm going to listen. You know, so I, I love the fact that people check for my tweets and, 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 and stuff like this because I think people respect the fact that I'm passionate, but I'm sincere and I care about people and I care about tech. So I just wanted to talk, man. Like, and, and the thing about it is what, what killed me is people that didn't agree with me, that's fine. I'm not always right. I only claim to be, but it was never criticism about the program as if I wanted to be to sabotage it. I would much rather be talking about us being seven and two, getting ready for a chance to win the Coastal versus four and five after a, a bizarre loss to Boston College on Friday night. You know, like, it just it just bothered me that we couldn't get to spring games and that um, some of the best players of Virginia Tech history were not welcome back. That 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 hurt me, that hurt a lot of us. So you could probably feel the passion and, you know, again, um that's just my school like i i care about tech man and um and and i just think when you're rational you're consistent and you keep it real in a way where you can still have a conversation with people i think more people appreciate appreciate that and um i don't mind being the voice of reason and i don't mind being that guy um i take pride in it but i think the great thing about uh my guy b fish on twitter he said you know i, I rock with you um vic because you don't think you're better than me. And I said, no, nah, I'm not. Um, we're all a work in progress. We're all in this together, man. We all lose together. We all suffer together. Hopefully we can start winning together. Nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, look, man, look, think about this, man. Think about this. Saturday night was how it's supposed to be. Yes. That's how it used to be. Yes, That's how it used to be. Yep. That's how it used to be, right? We would just, whether you were downtown Blacksburg or you were in D.C. at a bar or you were in New York watching on your phone, you were running through the street, let's go Hoke, let's go Tech, let's go Hokies. You you felt that. That's how it's supposed to be. And you didn't feel like you wasted your time. Even if Duke had come back and won, we would have suffered together, but you would have left feeling proud to be a Hokie. Because there was times I sat... I, I I vowed I would never go back to FedEx Field because I sat through the Boise State loss, I sat through the USC. Cincinnati loss, yeah, and the USC oh, loss. Yes. So I said I will. I said I'm never going back. But I will tell you this, and I didn't go back. We finally beat West Virginia, right? But I'll say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. Even when I left and sat in the worst traffic in the DMV and FedEx Field, that god awful stadium, I'll say this. I still felt good because in the parking lot, I talked to people I had never met with the orange maroon on. We just talked about what we should have done on this down and how we need it. Oh, we can still run the table. We can just got to win this game. That's what it's about, right? That's what brings us together, man. Yep. But yeah. um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like techs do, though. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we do for something, right? I think we are. <laughs> it, it, let me ask this, Dwight. Um, let's go back to the transition to hiring process. Mm -hmm. We had an episode. My big man here threw Brent Prize a dark horse out to get hired. We did a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. We went through a bunch of different candidates. Mm -hmm. When this happened, was he on your radar or did anybody whisper in your ear and say about Coach Pry? You know, he was there when you were there. Did was anything so, was anything during that little period? Yes, I didn't. My guy, um, Longtime friend Aaron Foster 
in my group chat, group chat with me and my guy Clint Williams. He's a tech fan, and uh, Sharon Stiff, former tech star running back. Great running back. Aaron put back. Aaron put in the chat. He was like, he, Aaron's a Virginia Tech grad. Um, Aaron said, um, "What about Pry?" And I said, "Hmm, that would be a good one." But I said, "He's at Penn State." And he was like, "Now nah, I'm telling you, I, I think Tech should go after Pry." I think, and then I was, I kind of looked at it, and I was like, eh. I, "I didn't really hear." I think you guys mentioned him, right? Um, yeah, he was our dark horse. We had like ten candidates, yeah. and they and they, they were all the, like the popular candidates. And then we had like three or four dark horses. Like, well, these would be interesting, and he was one of those. Yeah, you guys did a great job on that. I he was not on my radar, but then when we hired him, and I was like, that's a great hire. But I wasn't like jumping up and down as if it was the savior because I hadn't seen prior other than us interacting on Facebook or or Twitter. I just knew him at Penn State. I did know he was a great recruiter because he was killing it. And I have a lot of, you know, in Northern Virginia, D.C. and Maryland, there's a lot of Penn State alumni up here. And they, they really loved him. And um, I will say this. I took off of work or maybe I was working from home and I watched his press conference. I'm not going to lie to y'all. That press conference moved me, man. You don't really win championships with press conferences. But when he talked about that 95 season yeah. and that game against Miami – and he remembered and he thanked Beamer and his lip was quivering. And yes. he, he would, I said, Oh my God, we have, we, we, we finally, this, this could be it. And he's out, even as I talk to you guys, I'm looking away cause I'm going back to that moment. And you're making me, you're making me swell up a little bit. You felt the emotion. You felt, there, I felt it. There's orange and maroon in his blood. Yes. It mattered. It. It does. Let me tell y'all something, man. Let me tell y'all something, man. Virginia Tech, I'm not going, oh, you know, this is the best school. It's God's country. I'm just going to say this. USC, uh, West, you know, California, USC, South, Penn State, Miami, everybody feels a certain way. Georgia Tech, whatever school. But with Virginia Tech, it is a unique place because of the where it's located, the people, the fans, Southwest Virginia. You can't be an outsider and run that program. If you are, you better be connected in some way. You got to know what it means. And and Coach Pry, Brent knows. He was there. He was there with me. He was there, man. When we were, when I told you we came from the mud, brick by brick. He was there. When the camp, he was there when the locker room was outside. We were getting a new lock. We used to have a place called the Dungeon, man. It looked like something from the Longest Yard, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> Y'all just don't understand, man. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was wild. So yeah, man, Pry. With, with, I mean, again, we don't know. Like, we got to beat ODU. Like, you yep. know, I know Tech fans like me. I'm going to be at that game. My daughter just got into ODU. She she was going to Tech, but she's going to ODU. And um, I'm okay with that because I'm proud of her. I think, you know, as long as she's comfortable. And she's walking around the house kind of like side me, like, oh, yeah, we're coming for y'all. And I'm like, long-time Tech fans are like, man, we got to win that game. Like, you know, I'm I'm having, like, anxiety right now because we should smash them. Yeah. But, you know, we got to see who our quarterback is. We got to see the whole line. But I just feel like Pry gets it. And as you mentioned, Brian, the budget we have now, Pearson Prelo, I talked to him. He's there. Gavea Winslow, um, just the guys they have, J.C. Price, uh, Darrell Roberts. A DB? A DB? Oh. Darrell Roberts? No, Darrell left. And it sh- but That's it shows right. something. Darrell got that job. And a G5 school was trying to get him as a wide receiver coach within two weeks. It tells you yes. prize hiring people yes. that teams won't. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and and I just feel like the transition was good. Um, I feel like it was it was a key thing to keep JC on. I just think if he would have left, um, him and his wife, who I I love dearly, and she was on my podcast as well, a Hall of Famer, Jen Root Price. Um, they spent 17 years trying to get back to Blacksburg, and I'm not gonna make last year out to be some great season. We went yeah. six and seven, um, but honestly. JC saved that class, most of that recruiting class. He saved the program because, yes, Maryland was a debacle, was embarrassing, but we had 25 opt-outs. Um, um, we were playing with guys. We were playing with guys that should have been passing out water bottles. It was just one of those things, man. Maryland, we never lose in Maryland. If we play Maryland any other time, we smoke them. They can have that. I saw, I saw your boy uh, Tory Smith talking. I saw him play live when he got smacked going across the middle. But you know, it's Maryland, Maryland football. <laughs> You know, but I'm I love I love the higher with pride. I love it. Yeah. Can I say this? Yeah. JC Price at the end of the UVA game, after we win, in that comment, this is my school. This is home. Mm-hmm. Whoever was gonna be the coach, that man had a stay. National TV, he says that he got hokey fans swelling up, screaming, tearing like that's our guy. And then you find out a few weeks later in the Maryland game, he breaks his hand because he shows that passion about how we were playing that game. He had to stay. He had to. Yeah. Uh, JC Price. <laughs> y'all, y'all, again, I, I love, I love the Barry Bookers. I love the, you know, Jason Worlds. Um, I can go on on Corey Moore, who was my locker mate, my brother. We have had some great ones. Cornell Brown. Yep. Uh, you know, Carl, Carl Bradley, Chad Beasley, you know, so on and so on. So many great guys, man. But I will tell you this, man. I would put J.C. Price in the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame just from that moment right there, right? But you guys got to understand something. I went against him for two years, um, <laughs> 94 and 95. And J.C. Price was a man child. Like, I went against him, and it never got any better. I went against him, and Hank Coleman, then later on, um, Eng- John Engelberger and, and Corey Moore. I mean... <laughs> But but JC Price to me, you know, is is the is is what it means to be a hokey. Like if you look it up, just what he means. And I'm not surprised he broke his hand, man. That guy was tough, man. Like he he always walked to practice like his back and feet hurt because he he went so hard every day. And then as soon as them that whistle blew and them lights went on, man, he was just an animal. He had a crazy spin move. But more importantly, man, like when we were 0 2, I'll just say this on your podcast. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. In 95, that was the most important season of Virginia Tech history. I know the 80-17, Beamer's first year was important. And they played, you know, a few years before that, the toughest schedule in the nation or the fifth toughest schedule. There were some lean years, and he had to do some great work with some players that could have gone to bigger programs at the time. But the 95 season was important because we were 0-2, man, and we lost two games we shouldn't have lost to. We're, we're coming off um, – you know, the 16 and nothing loss to Cincinnati in the rain. We didn't even score. And Cincinnati was trash. We shouldn't have lost them. And Drin Drunk and Miller, I remember seeing him. I was a red shirt freshman. I remember looking and he just had his head down and it was raining so hard. And I said, man, like, we may not win a game. And I'm like, what is going on? We're, we just, we, we're too good. And we, we couldn't figure out what was going on. And I remember thinking, man, like, you know, there were whispers that, you know, Dave Brain was the AD and him and Beamer were tight, but there were whispers like, wow, like, what if this doesn't work out? Will Beamer be let go? You know, it, it just was crazy. So you have all that going on, man. And Miami, 
the real Miami, the you, yeah. not the one now where they hold up a chain, a little the sugar thug chain. The real Miami, the real Miami with Ray Lewis and Rohan Marley and all those guys, the household names, you know, they're coming to Blacksburg where we never won. We never beat them. And that's when they had swag. That's when they would run to your sideline. Shout out to my guy, Ray Lewis. He was on the, the show with me and Mike. Ray Lewis is my guy. Love him or hate him. I love him. I know he's our rival, but he is one of the best athletes and linebackers I've ever seen. And he was all over that field. We went and we punched him in the mouth. But before we got to that moment, we're in the locker room at 0-2, embarrassed in our own home field, lost two consecutive home games. And J.C. Price and Jim Barron, two of the best defensive linemen and leaders in Virginia Tech history, said, let's stay together. We're brothers. We're family. We're not going to lose another game. We had a players-only meeting in the hotel in Radford where we used to stay before games. And we told Beams and them and, and Billy Heightening to get out. We just said, we got to talk. I was a young kid. And I was just watching this all go down. I was like, this is a, I feel like I was in a movie, like a League of Their Own or something, or like Varsity yeah. Blues. It was, <laughs> it was just like, I'm in a movie, bro. And I'm looking and J.C. Price is an emotional guy like me. And the seniors talked, you know, Drunken Miller, everybody, you know, was talking. And we came in and we beat Miami. It wasn't a pretty score. It was 13 to 7, but Lauren Johnson made the key play. But J.C. Price is, 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 is he epitomized what it means to be a Hokie, man. And um, I stand by what I said when we hired him, man, that Virginia Tech fans will all, I think I retweeted my, my tweet with receipts, saying here's some receipts. But I said, you know, Virginia Tech fans will love this hire when it's all said and done. So the transition's been good. Now, to be honest with you guys, we got to win. We got to win. The biggest issue with Tech going back to my years and, and even after I left, even during the Tyrod, Ryan Williams years, we have to start winning games we're supposed to win. If you ask me, you know, facilities, yes, money, budget, coaching staff, recruiting, all that's obvious, and you got to do it, which we've done. Witten, those guys have done that. Prize doing it. But on the field, we got us, you know, my senior year, we lost to Temple. We were 14th in the country. They had lost 35 consecutive games. The following year, we lost to Miami, or the year before, we lost to Miami, Ohio at home. Everyone knows about Boise State, JMU. Um, you know, we got to start winning these games against Boston College. We got to start beating. We do good against UVA and Carolina because I feel like we take them seriously. But we got to start winning those games we're supposed to win. Like those games, like, here we go, Virginia Tech's going to – they're going to do what Hokies do. And you're like, how did we lose it? We only won that game. We would be in this bowl. You know, we got to start winning those games. Like, we, you know, I, I want to start getting back to – we saw it that one year with Gerard Evans, his only year at Tech, where we were just crushing ECU 55 to whatever. Yeah. We got to start – you know, we got to start getting the games. We win those games. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to want teams like that. Essentially, you want them losing the second they step on the bus leaving their stadium. That's how you want yes. to feed them. And, you know, mm-hmm. we haven't done that for a long time. For a long time, it was like that. We, we don't step them. on throats anymore. We when we, we get when we get up, we don't we don't finish them. But we let them this, hanging around, and then then it's a game. And but, with, it, but and a lot of times with with I mean you got BC for whatever reason, we we get up as you said for UVA. We get up for uh, UNC. We take them seriously, even though they're more or less mid in the conference, uh-huh. right? Yep. But <laughs> we we don't we don't take those other teams like Wake, like BC. We don't take those games as seriously as we should. And no. by extension, we don't play like we should. No. And I'm going to say something. No. 
a mentality that I continue here coming out of Brent Pry's mouth. I want guys to hate to lose. Every time, there it is. My buddy, Roddy Compton down in North Wilkesboro, hate to lose. That's mm-hmm. the mentality he's trying to instill. And he's talking about like the one-on-ones during winter workouts. Like, I want you to hate losing to your brother over there. Hate to lose. Mm-hmm. Because if you hate mm-hmm. to lose, it gets down in crunch time. As he said today in his interview, you will do anything to win because mm-hmm. you hate to lose. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's the mentality he's going with. And yeah, and that's I don't think that's been a mentality here for a long time. Nah, man. Nah, man. You know, I remember last year I tweeted about we were playing Richmond and we were up and then he put the uh, Fuente and and then put the backup quarterback in. We were only up like a touchdown and we were in our own in own part of our uh, the point. We were near we're near our own end zone and the backup to a pick. Yeah, I'm like, oh. We're struggling to beat Richmond. I was like, "What is going on?" And if, and if uh, I believe that's the game, I haven't watched that game since it ended, but I believe that's the game where uh, Tavion Robinson ran that punt back. Yep. Or yep. It, or it was going to be a dog fight in the fourth quarter. And 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 you're right. We haven't we haven't stepped on teams' throats in a long time. But I think again, I'm not. I, I'm sure it was the same way when DJ Parker was there, and even after I left. But I feel like one thing that was a staple of our program during the times I was there and even subsequently thereafter was there was competition in everything. We had to compete and there were fights and there was battles in practice. You you, you can ask Brandon Flowers. It was competition. Josh Oglesby will talk about it. Like it was it was Justin Harper and those guys will tell you the DBs versus receivers. It was real. And that's what Pride's talking about, because I know they had that up there at Penn State with him and Anthony Poindexter. And we're going to get back to that. I, I definitely know it's going to be there now. But the point I'm getting at that you mentioned, Kurt, is like, you got to be a dog. You got to be a jerk. I remember, man, the ACC, the first several years in the conference, I think the first two years, we went 16-1 and on a row. We went 16-1. and And I went to road games on purpose. And teams needed us. Maryland, Wake Forest. Because we would talk trash and take their turf. The year Wake Forest won it, we beat them 27 to 6. And they won the ACC. And we beat, and, and the thing about it is Nolan Burchette and uh, Adibi and, and, and um, Vince Hall were jerks on the field. I mean, they were hitting people. They were so physical. And it wasn't that whole targeting thing. They just did not, they didn't care. They talked, Jimmy Williams, I was at Maryland. When he decapitated the guy, and he was on Maryland's side, he stood up all six, five of them. I can't repeat what he said because I really <laughs> want to go in. But but my whole point being is that fu mentality yeah. has been gone. We have not been. We got we and I and I remember talking to uh, on one of the Twitter spaces, and I hate to bring this back up because that era is done. But I felt like we had a lot of guys that were good players and very good, good, good people, but didn't have that switch. Right. Cause I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a great guy. I'm a teddy bear. I'm a good dude. But on the field, I, I talked, I was, I was, I was an asshole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, like, you I, gotta, I, I, you gotta have a yeah. switch. You gotta have a switch. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be a switch. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember going against Chris Hovan and different guys, Different teams. I mean, I remember on UVA sideline, I said something to George Wells. I, I mean, 
you I only remember, you know what I'm saying? Like I remember um my longtime friend and teammate from high school, Ahmad Hawkins, man. He's my we're close. He's a UVA guy. You know, he played at UVA um last team to beat tech in Blacksburg. And um we're still tight, but like during that game, I, I didn't care. I hate I mean you 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 gotta have hatred, you know, and I know this may be hard for some people to understand. It doesn't mean you you can't relate if you didn't play, but it's just about competition, man. Like I'm telling y'all, man, talk you guys were there. Go back and look at those teams the first several years in the ACC with Virginia Tech. Mean. You know, they were mean. They were <laughs> they had if not for a bullshit PI call, they were gonna knock off USC because they were popping USC. Yes. I was I'll be yes. But I was in but I was in camp on at Sydney. I was in Longwood at my apartment. I'm feeling drunk. And we were just it was just and you just saw them like you could see USC say, wait a second, this team's unranked. And we're in this mm-hmm. crowd, it's eighty thousand people just we can't hear anything. And every time we get over the middle, pop. Yep. And light them up. Light them up. <laughs> So it was a completely different mentality. And let me ask this, because I'm going to pivot a little bit. Yeah. But I want to I know you guys who played. It didn't take long. Brent Pry started getting you guys on phone calls and Zoom calls. Love it, love it, love it. I mean, how big was that? It, it, I mean, it wasn't like three, four months in. It was like a couple weeks in. He, he gets as many of you guys as he can. And yeah. I mean – and you've already talked about how you guys had kind of felt distanced from the program. And he's mm. putting that hand out saying, I want to talk to all of you. Not just like, not just like Mike or Cam, but if you nah. played here, we want you to come talk to us. How does that make you feel yeah. as a as a as an alumni and as a you know big piece of this program that if you played here, you're one of us. Come here. You know, um I you mentioned Kurt. You and you and B, you mentioned the Twitter spaces. Let me tell y'all something right now. Don't ever get it twisted. They are tech coaches and people in the front office that are on those Twitter spaces. They just might have an egg as a profile pic, or they might be <laughs> under a fake name. But I promise you, there's been a there's been a lot of stuff done that I mentioned, and the next day or later that week it was done. Um, I'm sorry, they listen, they know, uh, and I'm okay with that. I mean, they should have their ear to the streets. I think at the end of the day, um. It was it was critical, man, because Pry understands he comes from um, a situation where he the alumni relations in Penn State are how they're supposed to be. So I think he understood. And I think you know, honestly, guys, we're still not even done getting everybody on board because you know a lot of ground has to be made up because there's been such a big disconnect. So I've yeah. been part of it, I've been other guys, but um, the great news is guys understand they want to be there. They felt wanted. And um, and it's not just the Beamer guys; it's the Dooley guys. It's the guy from the seventies and the eighties. Um, they all they all want to be a part of it. I think the biggest misconception was that they felt that we wanted tickets or they, we wanted like rooms blocked off, and we wanted like a bunch of holes coming through, and we wanted the statues made. It wasn't about all that. It was more so about man, like we want to be part of the program. The last Zoom we had. The stuff they're talking about is just so impressive. They want us to be there to speak to the team. They want us at practices. They want to do legacy camps where former players help out with the with the current players or recruits. They are so in line 
with getting us on board and pride is all in he's jumping on every zoom the zoom we had when i was a moderator wit was on there i've always rocked with wit wit babcock's my guy um mike burnup was on there everybody was on there including anthony midget michael vick ronya whitaker every household name this is right before fuente left but he never jumped on he never jumped on the same way he didn't meet the 99 team when they were there for the reunion so you know at the end of the day man you got to get you got to have somebody that cares about players because when i chose virginia tech i was ranked fourth in the nation by sporting news had offers from florida and every school you can think of just about just like a lot of guys that are heavily recruited i was at a very really 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 historic program at hampton high where we won national and state championships you know it's not the same now but it's still legendary i remember and, what it was like <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were still yeah. rocking like that when i was in high school <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they were you know, and at the end of the day man like um if i don't come to tech there is no mike there is no marcus um i also help host lee suggs i also help host terrell parm and other guys and ronyo whitaker so my point being it's a domino effect right you got to take care of the guys that lay down the groundwork the marcus parkers uh the tony kennedy's you know, the Tyrone Drakeford, you got to take care of those guys, the Chris Berries, you got to take care of those guys because they came and laid down the groundwork. Even the guys from 1987 and 1977, the Gene Buns, Gene Bunn still is the all-time interception leader for Virginia Tech, and he still follows the team. They had to create their own tailgate space. A guy in the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame should not have to create his own tailgate yeah. space. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So the point being is, but that's all being rectified right now. That's all being fixed. So at the end of the day, um, to answer your question, Kurt, man, it's just, it's, 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 it's exciting. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, spring game might be 70,000 dog. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> there game. is a buzz. I'm, I'm gonna be there. I know, I know Curtis is, is still trying to, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got, he's got baseball games. Athletics, man. I'm gonna be there though. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I, I, I see. I, I saw the uh, golf tournament thing drop today yeah. with a bunch of big names. All right, Dwight. Trust me, I'm telling you. The golf tournament, you got to get right. out, and you got to catch you some of the best swings and some of the worst okay. swings, and put them on okay. Twitter for all of us fans to well, see. I, I, I know. I know. Um, I talked to Mike. We supposed to be. I'm, I gotta make sure he gets it because Mike is always involved in something. He's a golfer. I can tell you right now. I'm not. I'm not as bad as Chark Barkley, but I know when I go to Top Golf <laughs> up here in Northern Virginia, my wife. My wife can play golf. She can hit that thing. I'm up there looking like I look like I, you know, I just some I just learned how to walk. I just can't swing. I can't, I don't know. Golf, golf and baseball have my respect because there's an actual technique to it. People think it's easy, but let me tell you something. But um Devon Morgan is doing that, right? Devon Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to my guy Devon. Devon, Devon, he hit me up when he was planning it and he told me it was gonna be great, man. And I'm I'm um I'm really happy that, you know, it's just it's just going to be a really good time. It just it feels good because this is how it's supposed to be. That's why I, I know it's going to be a lot of people in town. It's going to be a great day. Hopefully the weather holds up. I was there one year when the game got canceled. This is back when uh, I think uh, J.C. Coleman committed or maybe Bucky Hodges when we got like six commits, but it rained out and we didn't have a game. And then I was there one year when um, it rained. They still played it, but it was just like, uh when the weather's nice in Blacksburg, you can see all those orange and maroon shirts. Yes, sir. You know, I don't even care about the game. The game is always dry, but it's just the fact you get a chance to see the future 
of the program. You know, yeah. Big, big fan experience. Good chance to like get on the field after the game, talk to the players a little bit, talk to the some former players. Um, I know we, we last went the last really what what the last real decent spring game was was the the first one of Fuentes era I guess was the last decent one um back in 2016 um you know that that was a good time but we really haven't had had a had a proper spring game since then well you just you just you depriving the fans man let me tell you something man and the fan base especially at Virginia Tech is your lifeline it's your foundation because you know it gives you it gives you a little bit more time to get yourself together like you know because the fans believe in you man it permeates through the program right because it's like well you know what we've been dealing with injuries or we're going to get this thing right when you ostracize the fans and you look down on us and you talk to us as if we're inferior you are especially with tech fans yes this is not the this is not the fan base to insult or act like you know more than us i mean think about this you got boundary podcast you got the stuff i do you got don v you got uh uh my guy rick rick berry uh, uh ricky leblue excuse me i'm thinking of rick berry yeah. basketball but you got ricky <laughs> LeBlue, you got tech sideline um i'm sorry if i made anybody but this fan base and the culture around it the podcast community is so deep so rich and every i mean i, I told you guys i check for your stuff all the time you guys are always dropping nuggets I sit there, I have it on my phone. I'll turn the TV down. I'll be listening to y'all. My wife's like, who are you listening to? I'm like, oh, yeah, my, my guy's over boundary. You know what I mean? So it's just great, man. I, I mean, the spring game is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment. Um, I don't think the game's going to be great, but it's going to be cool to kind of get a glimpse at, okay, I remember him. He's the backup to this guy. I like him. He's got nice size. I remember having a feel for the roster. I mean, the first game of the year, I'm like, who? Especially when guys switch numbers. I don't even know who the heck anybody is anymore, man. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's going to be great. The quarterback's number one. I saw that today. Brown's going to take one, and that's a heck of a story. A kid from Fredericksburg wanted to go to take his whole life, and he finally comes back in his second transfer, which is awesome to hear because he, he said it. This is his dream school. And he went to St. Francis, played, went down to South Carolina, and then comes back up. And I, I, you know, I wish I could make spring game. I got two kids in sports in the spring. I'm just thankful it's going to be on TV. So when I get out of those games, I can I can come home, I can watch it, I can enjoy it because we haven't even had that access over the last few years. And and I tell wow. you something else that we hadn't had over the last few years is a real display in Virginia recruiting. That's not the case anymore. Because of what we've done these first few months, I mean, just blitz in Virginia in every corner. It's buzzing everywhere. It's not just buzzing here in the RVA. It's not just buzzing up in Northern Virginia. It's not just buzzing in the South. It's everywhere. These guys are hitting every school. And how is that making you guys who are from Virginia feel? Like like Cornell. I know Cornell's coaching out in Texas. Joe Rudolph went to EC Glass to visit ec glass puts about one kid in a d1 school about every 10 years but joe rudolph and his staff rolled in there and decided to sit down and have a conversation with their head coach and some of their administrators how's that making you guys it makes us good it makes us feel good i remember a few years ago my wife and i were watching set game and she was like i feel like we don't have any guys from virginia anymore i remember 
like watching tech games like oh yeah i remember that kid he went to um stonebridge or like we had like six guys from deep creek and four guys from western branch and we had three kids from thomas dale and then you had a couple of guys from florida and two guys from georgia and it was just a great great mix and i feel like when beamer retired he gave you the blueprint it just needed a little, little bit of juice he gave you the blueprint on recruiting you know he was recruiting he was recruiting Derek naughty he was recruiting josh sweat and jalen holmes he was recruiting deshaun hand all virginia guys he was recruiting tim settle and greg stroman look at you Reed, formerly known as stonewall high school all the great guys that came from that high school tim settle greg stroman reggie floyd ryan williams i mean come on bro like at the end of the day we we, we weren't in no school and even recently they had the guy that's going to alabama you know what i'm saying sean murphy who was a five-star recruit so we weren't hitting those schools like we were so i mean a lot of guys are happy man because there was some resentment man um, there was a lot of resentment from former players that felt like, why are we not going to Oscar Smith, um, Highland Springs, Westfield, and those schools that are in the state championships or state tournament or the playoffs? Why are we not going to Lafayette that has a guy that looks like just like Darrell Roberts, who's going to Liberty or going to Richmond, who wanted to be a Hokie? Guys from Green Run High School who were three low four-star recruits who with Thrive at Virginia Tech, we weren't even offering them. Um, I know the Peninsula District, my district where I played at, used to be the best district in, in Virginia for decades. It's not anymore. But even so, with that being said, Phoebus just won the state championship. Yep. And regardless of how good the district is, Ricky Walker and other guys, Jimmy Williams, came from Bethel High School. We weren't offering Bethel, but then you see, I can't pronounce his name, Asunwa or whatever, from Bethel, who wanted to go to Tech, who went to Notre Dame, killed it, and got drafted. And That's you're like, good. he wanted to come to Tech. We didn't offer him like that. What? So, again, that's a huge thing. Because let me tell you guys something. You guys are, you guys run a podcast. I have, I have a few podcasts. I have Victory Life. Um, branding is everything. The Virginia Tech brand for decades was very respected. You had Beamer Ball which was a household name. They still yell it. You'll be watching the game, Boise State playing Nevada on Saturday night at 1030. And the guy say, oh, little beaver ball tonight. <laughs> like, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. And it has a bit of, you know, so then you had the lunch pail. So you had two iconic, one a saying, a phrase, another one, a symbol, a lunch pail that became a staple of Virginia Tech football that was known nationwide. Branding. And the brand had become stale the last several years. It, nobody in Virginia respected the brand anymore. And when you're losing the ODU and Liberty and you're barely beating Richmond, your brand is taking a hit. Because if you're a nice player, you're a good player, you're like, I mean, y'all lost to Liberty, man. What can you offer me? You know, yeah. they put a guy, you know, and, and, and I'm not <clears throat> knocking, I have, a, I have two masters from Liberty. I'm not knocking Liberty, but don't make no mistake about it. I took a kid one of my clients two years ago a few a few years ago on a college tour to odu most of their presentation especially when they got to you know culture and why you should come to odu was about beating virginia tech and i was sitting there so embarrassed happy for my kid but like what so my point being is the brand in state took a hit because we didn't have any more state pride we didn't have any state pride you know i'm sorry bro like I, ain't, I don't have nothing against Texas, man. What's Texas doing right now? 
I mean, Texas football, really? Come on, man. This is not 1988 with Booby Miles. You know what I'm saying? This is not, you know what I'm saying? This is not that. We don't, Texas, I mean, think about how many high school coaches, y'all know, I know a lot that were offended with that hashtag. I know yeah. that's old news now. It's water under the bridge. But at the end of the day, um, we are very, very happy. I speak for a lot of us, the fact that we're recruiting the state. And here's the thing. I love Virginia, but I also want to get the Florida guys. I want to get, you know, the Georgia and South Carolina. But you got to you gotta take care of home. Um, you got to – George Welsh, a great UVA coach, Frank Beamer, the icon, the God, the Hall of Fame coach, both said, you know, you win your state – you're going to be in great shape. You know, you win your state, you're going to be playing for a lot because Virginia is a rich state in talent. I mean, look how many times Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson come down here and pluck players, you know, and um, I'm just glad that we're making an effort to get those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's been a big push, and I'm glad to see it too. I mean, we, we I talked to a couple of high school coaches that, as you said, were offended um, by that push, um, you know, especially when you have other folks talking about, well, the talent in Virginia wasn't that good this year. That's why we were looking outside the state. Oh. Um, th- that that ruffles feathers. I mean, and, and it it doesn't necessarily burn bridges, but it makes it a hell of a lot harder to get across them. That guy that said that on the Sons of Saturday, was that the guy that was on the Sons of Saturday podcast the, that said that? The director of recruiting. John yeah. Nancy, who yeah, you know, yeah. listen, I, even, if it's, <laughs> even if it's something you, you believe and it might be true, you are the director of recruiting. You don't say it. Yeah, what, what are you, you just, doing? What are you doing? Shh. You <laughs> oh, yo, you know what's funny? Exactly. You know what's funny about that is, yeah, I will, I'll tell you, the, you know, sometimes there's some lean years in Virginia where some of the powers don't have guys that are power five players. But my issue is you aren't even doing your due diligence. And, and even to second to that point, you won't even do your due diligence. And we're losing to kids that were at Wake Forest and Boston College and Liberty, who were the guys that you said weren't good enough to play at Tech. So my point being is, Wake Forest even now has a guy named Justice Ellison. His dad, Shelly Ellison, went to Hampton High, played with me. His mom is also a graduate of Virginia Tech, Sheree Ellison, and he's a baller for Wake Forest. He went to Flint Hill, never even interest from Tech. Again, it's a private school in Fairfax County, but you got to know the connections. And there are a lot of former players like me that text the coaches that say, hey, coach, check out this guy. But they stopped doing it. And they would, Drake Kendrick's another guy. He's a Lynchburg god. He starts sending his guys to UVA and other schools on visits and recruiting camps because he knew Tech wasn't going to take interest in them. Like to me, Wake Forest and Boston College and Liberty are beating you with the same guys you said weren't good enough to play at your school. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had seven guys. Yeah. Tons of guys from the 757. You know, again, um, anyway, you guys are trying to get me riled up. It's late. Wait, wait right? can't Boogie bash him? <laughs> yeah, but Boogie, there are bash people. I mean, so, so many yeah. misses. Now, I'm going to say this because the 2022 class had a lot of Virginia. And I think, mm-hmm. I think JC might have been that dagger that forced it because, you know, you start looking at 2022. You got like Gunnar Givens, who's from Botata. You got Meadows and uh, Ahmad Bradshaw's son from Bluefield. Mm-hmm. Nice Duke from up your way. Um, yep. Malachi Madison from Thomas Dale here. 
Um, Lamar Law from down at the seven. It's like JC showed up with the old coaching staff and said, look around. There is a lot of good kids here. And these guys can come play for us. And the thing is, if you start cultivating the relationship and taking the kid who can play here, when that five-star comes in, you're going to be in. I don't think the old staff believed it would work. I think the new staff truly believes that it works. Like Relationships first. Relationships. They're preaching it like relationships are key. Because if I come down and visit everybody in the school and I know everybody's name, and there was a there was some two star kid that we liked and we gave him a scholarship. When the big four star, five star kids in that school, they're gonna remember. I remember mm-hmm. two years ago, y'all gave John a chance. Mm-hmm. John played. They yep. Get that. They, nope. People don't. Forget <laughs> that. And it's crazy to think. Um. Let me ask this, because this is to the new staff, and you're seeing them in, out there, and you've had a chance probably to meet some. I got to take J.C. Price, your former teammate, off the table. I got to take Pearson Prelude off the table, your former teammate. Which some, of, which one of these new staff members has, like, caught your eye? That you, like, you know, maybe you've already talked to him, or, like, I want to talk to him. Uh, what do you call him, Cheetah? <laughs> Damn, yeah, <laughs> The cheetah, Derek Jones, the corners coach. I, he just be, he looks like he's a fun guy to hang out with, man. Like he just looks like he's a guy. And let me just before I dive into that, just want to say, um, I am a big fan. They did he didn't they, he wasn't retained, but I just want to say this on on air on live on your your podcast. I feel like Justin Hamilton did a hell of a job as a coach. Um, I love Justin Hamilton as a person. Um, he's a great coaching mind. I feel like he would have been great, but I understand it's a business because I wanted Coach Steinspring to come back. You know, he's a guy that I thought would be great for recruiting, and he was definitely interested in coming back. Um, but as far as the new staff, man, obviously, um, my man Rudolph, the old line coach, right? Um, I mean, dude, like he just reminds me of my old coach, Coach Grimes, um, who coached at Virginia Tech, coaching the SEC. Um, he's an SEC guy, but he was at Virginia Tech during the 90s. Actually, probably was there with J.B. Grimes. Uh, keep him in prayer. Shout out to Coach Grimes. He's battling cancer. So um, I wanted him to get healthy and get well. But Cheetah is fun, man. I look at his tweets, and he's just always talking trash, but also dropping knowledge. Yeah. So he looks like he's just always having a good time. And then um, Coach Rudolph, man, just looks like somebody I would have loved to play for. I mean, he just looks like. He's always walking around with the chin out and he looks like he hasn't shaved in a couple of weeks. And he just looks like, you know, he doesn't care if you like him. Um, those are two guys I think are going to be huge for the staff because I think you got to have a balance. You got to have the right energy. Um, I'm, 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 did, did Jack Tyler, did they retain him? They did not retain Jack. Okay. I thought they did. Oh well, shout out to Jack Tyler anyway, man. You know he was in a he was in a tough situation. Yeah, but he, um, he got put in a tough spot. That, that was going to be a hard ask for yeah. anybody yeah. in their first year as as you know position coach. Yeah, he did. He was assistant the year before, but first but year having that is your full duty, man. That's crazy. You know what's funny, B? You know what's funny, man, is that that's what I love about this staff is they have personality and we know them. I felt for the longest time. In the previous regime, there was no connection. We didn't know him where 
before that staff, we had Billy Height, Coach Kavanaugh. You know, you had Brian Steinspring, Bud Foster. You knew them, like you knew the staff. You knew Mike Gentry. They weren't just household names with the Virginia Tech community, but also in Southwest Virginia. They had commercials. They had car dealerships. They had barbershops. They also did press conferences after games. So you would hear from Beamer. You heard from Steinspring. You heard from them during the week. This staff we're hearing from. You're hearing from, you saw Pearson Prelo, who I, I know very well. We're very close. Pearson is not a social media guy, but now I see him posting pictures and Northern Virginia, I'm here. Let's go. I'm like, what? Pearson, really? Like, that's crazy because Pearson is a very reserved guy. But I mean, at the same time, man, like, I think when I, as I mentioned, you know, Cheetah and these guys, these coaches are all on Twitter. Um, I will say, is it Coach Bowen, the OC? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see what he's about. My guy, Todd Washington, who coached with him, yeah. You guys know Todd. Todd, Todd was with him in Jacksonville. And Todd told me straight up, he said, no. I said, dude, give me the, give me the goods. He said, nah, great guy, great man, great coach. He's going to be great for Tech. And Todd is not oh, a yeah. guy that's going to – he doesn't paint. <laughs> he, he's not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Todd was like, nah, man, that's a great hire. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys um, I know anything about Bowen. I just – I, I, I'm curious to know about him as a coach. I'm curious to see what kind of scheme he does. Is he a gambler? Is he going to go for it on fourth and three? Is he going to be predictable or is he going to be smash mouth? What's going to be our identity? Whatever it is, I just want to have an identity again. I mean, I feel like we're, you know, castaway. Tom Hanks with the volleyball. Like, we've just been castaway for five years trying to figure out how to get back to the States. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> at, the, <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know. Go ahead. I'm going to do something. Go All back. Right. What was it, a month ago, Brian? About a month ago, yeah. About a month ago, Brian looked at Bowen's scheme. Look well, at I him. looked at games he called when he was at Penn State and games he called when in he Ford. was at Fordham. Um, so, and, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of heavy. I mean, obviously he was working either under or with a – Joe Moorhead or Joe Moorhead disciple. Um, so a lot of it was Joe Moorhead offense influence. Um, but the games he called, there was definitely an identity um, used running backs. Like I, I was, I was saying during that episode, pretty much every game I saw about three running backs got about 10 carries. So we, you're going, you're going to see r- running backs getting different looks, uh, but it's going to be heavy on the run. They're going to use the tight end a lot in a lot of different ways. Um, and then they're going to do some some creative stuff with the route tree for the for the passing game. I love it, man. We had too many running backs that there was no rhythm. You, I'm not going to go back down there. But you know what? The, the the sad part, and allow me to speak on this really quickly, is that because I played, I used to feel so bad for some of the running backs and receivers we had. I remember I was a big fan of Hezekiah Grimsley, and I felt like he was underutilized. Like, I felt like he, you know, at some games, he would be really good at that slot position and he could, you know, catch that fade route, the 50-50 ball. And then he would disappear for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would feel like, you know, we would have a good thing going with a running back and then he would, you know, have a great two, three series and then you wouldn't see him the rest of the game. And then the next week, he wouldn't even touch the field. And I was like, why don't we use, I remember there was a kid, I liked him a lot. I don't, I know, I'm sure y'all remember him. 
uh Wheatley. Remember Wheatley? Yeah. Yeah. He was he I know he's from he dropped go one ahead, pop go ahead. pass. He dropped one pop pass. We never saw him again. And it was like, man, he dropped a ball. We never saw him again. I thought he had a good role going. You know, you got to look, man, like you got to give him a chance. I just felt like we were just too quick to give up on guys. And it just felt like there was no true sense of chemistry and cohesiveness. It was just like, this is my guy. I mean, you did see it with um, uh, the one kid that's playing for the Bears. Oh, um, the great runner. Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, honestly, you weren't going to not use him. But even with him, if I want to be critical, the Wake Forest game, like we got down and we stopped giving him the ball. Then we gave him the ball. We came back. It's like you don't have to run, whether it's Hendon Hooker or uh, whoever it is. You don't have to run your quarterback 27 times. But um, I'm excited Dwight, about Dwight, I pulled I pulled my hair out of that Wake Forest game. That 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 was the most frustrating game to watch of the Fuente era, in my opinion. The one where we lost that wake, right? Yeah. And <laughs> Brian, I remember talking to him after that game, but I kid you not. I'm like, Brian, why do we run their best player all game? And Brian just, he's like, a lot of expletives. I don't know. He's like, I looked at it. We should have been outside zone, get away from Boogie. Boogie's their best player. Everybody else is worse. And we did the exact opposite. But I mean, look. The Pittsburgh game, that's another one. This past one, I remember I was watching that game and Mike called me. For those, Mike Vick called me. He was like, yo, what are we doing, bro? I was like, what do you mean? I said, you, 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 you've you, been watching. He was like, this is before the game got out of hand. It was 0-0. We had three straight possessions. We just kept throwing the ball and throwing the ball. Yeah. And he was like, he said, he said, they're putting too much pressure on um, uh, the quarterback. Um, he was like, he was like, we need to run the ball. He was like, you know. We we we're just too impatient. And I remember the, the post game presser. Uh, Fuente was talking about how everyone knows Pitt likes to stack the box and challenge your receivers. I'm like, impose your will and run the ball. Yeah, it was windy. You may impose your will, run the ball. You don't have to go because we did not have a get. I get it that year we beat them in Heinz Field. Yeah, but you had three of the best receivers in Virginia Tech history. <laughs> Of course, you were throwing the ball. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah you go throw fades to Isaiah, and yeah, you go throw fades to Bucky and, and Cam. Cam. Phillips, you know what yeah. I'm we did, we did not have that, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know, it's just, man, look, boy, the last boy. Let me tell you, man, I don't want to go back there. That was it was it was some rough days, some Saturdays. It's okay. We gotta talk about it because we went through it. If you can't look, if we can't look back and reflect on those lean years, man. And, and, and I joke, one of my big jokes, and, and a couple people call me out. A couple times Mike Young had rough end of games, and I'd be like, Jesus, he's doing a Fuente. People are like, you can't say that about Mike. I'm like, I love Mike. <laughs> but when I say it in that context, everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, it it yes, yes, yes. <laughs> When I say it, folks, don't get upset at me. I'm using it as a context. Um, no, no, you're right. Um, I think Brian's got a couple questions about the uh, the winter workouts here. He wanted to hit and just kind of get your opinion on. Yeah, so, I mean, we got, we got some footage coming out of winter workouts. And, you know, Pride talked today about with, uh, with winter workouts and then going into spring, just, you know, competing and, you know, trying to get that, that hate to lose mentality. Based on what you've seen and what you've heard and, and, and everything, 
Are you noticing something different with winter workouts that we hadn't seen in the past, um, at least in the last few years? I just feel like guys are more committed. I feel like, you know, there's a buy-in. And I feel like from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, I feel like the players feel like these coaches know what they're doing. I feel like before players could – kids, they're young, they're teenagers, and they're in their 20s, but they still know what's going on. I feel like now it's work. Like, they feel like, okay, like, I'm being challenged. I have to earn everything. And, I, I mean, I, I mean, again, I don't make too much of off-season work because every program in America thinks they're working hard right now. But real programs that are working hard understand when they are because the, the results start to show not just in their – testing and their 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 performance but it also shows when they're playing and when you see them dominate on the field so i feel like there's a buy-in i feel like right now there's been a rejuvenation there's a buy-in because of the culture that's been established and that's starting to build in blacksburg i think in previous years you know not to knock on wood but for the first time ever we're not talking about transfer portal we're not talking about a dui or some murder with some guy allegedly a drag queen you know it's just we are yeah. now dealing with football like every year it was like a, a coach and some always something and always <laughs> something a coach messing with a recruit's mom the si article and turkey bacon Ugh. transfer portal you got starters you know people are like why is why is this guy leaving? He was the leading receiver. He's transferred. We don't have that right now. Yeah. You, you, had, so the, I think, you, you had some of the bullshit uh, stories spread about Kuma quitting. And, like, I was like, nah. Man went out there and, like, tore up Marshall. That That's not a player that's out there. Yeah, I mean, just some of the shit that just was coming out, uh, it almost seemed formulated, like, trying to trying to set an agenda. Discredit. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to get yeah, yeah. coming out. Yeah, that's and, what happened, bro. And you mentioned transfer <laughs> portal. Since the off season happened, one. Yep, that's not usually. You got a new guy in. Usually, you see the plethora of people go. One guy has entered the portal, but you know what? I love Coach Pry for one reason. He was straight up today and said, "I expect after spring football, we're going to see attrition. We're going to see people have to leave." Start yeah, you know why? No, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Kurt. No, 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 you, you got the floor. No, because because there are kids there that can't handle it. They not, they're not supposed to be there. Look, man, at any day, man, I, I'm not gonna knock kids. They can't handle the truth. No kids can handle the truth. We just have to tell them the truth. Yeah. Some kids, some kids are not supposed to be attacked. Sure. Some kids have been there because. They were easier to coach because, look, you can say one thing about Beams. I'm that Frank Beamer for that I don't know. Beams <laughs> took guys from Baltimore City and Dade County. He took some guys that other programs could not handle and cultivated the culture where they left as better men. And he dealt with adversity and controversy where y'all didn't know about it, even during the social media era that began years after I left. They knew how to handle certain guys. There were guys that got in trouble, or that were rough around the edges, like Trayvon Hill, but they were taken care of. And they you, you knew how to communicate with them just because they didn't tuck their shirts in or they were from the hood or they were from somewhere you didn't want to go to. They were still welcome. Mm -hmm. 
but some guys are there now because they're easier to coach and they shouldn't be there. And that's fine. Because what Pry's talking about is he needs his guys. Not so much you're a Fuente guy, you're a Beamer guy. No, he needs his guys. I try to tell people all the time, a head coach has to have staff, players, cleaning crew, janitorial staff, the food administrators, everybody, secretaries, executive assistants, everybody has to be trusted. They have to have his back when his back is turned. Beamer had Kavanaugh, Coach Height, Bruce Garns, John Boleyn. Pry has to have players when they're out at the parties and they're doing their thing in the offseason, he can trust them and he can rely on them on the field. See, trust is not just when they're at a party or they're in the girls' dorm room and then they they realize she says no and they're not going to go forward. It's also, can I trust you on third and seven when we're on the road to Miami, we're up 21 and 17. We need a stop to hold them to a field goal. That's what he needs. Not guys that want to post on IG and throw up gang gang and talk about I'm in the building, throw it up for your boy because those guys don't show up when it's time to play. So he's got to get his guys that believe him. The same way Lauren Johnson, when he first got to Highland Springs, he had a lot of guys that left and now he has a culture there where he has a standing room only. Those guys will run and jump off a cliff for him. That's what Pride is creating in Blacksburg. He's creating a culture and attrition is part of the game. Yeah, Some guys ain't cut out for it, bro. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's talking about, he's like, you know, everybody's got a clean slate, but nothing's promised. Yeah. It's been some guys that's been lied to and promised. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We got more questions for Dwight, but we got to pay some bills. So we're going to go take a quick pause for a message from our digital partners and then back with Dwight Vic with more questions about a little bit of everything. All right. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. All right, we are back, and I'm going to ask another question here. All right, Dwight, did you see the picture of the coach clinic that they did here in Richmond? Yes. On Twitter. Man, they did one down in the 7-5 the next day. You saw pictures of it there. But, you know, we know this is relationship building, right? But – and, and they're trying to go for long-term success. But do you think of you – know, we talked about the Blitz. We talk about these clinics. We talk. We hear Pride today talk about, you know, our lifelines. If you're a Virginia Tech fan, we're here to do things for you. If you're alumni, we're here to do things for you. The coaches in Virginia, we're here to do things for you. Do you think we could see – is it going to take a long time, or do you think we could see a quick turnaround – in some of these schools to where kids like the ears perk up and say, yeah, I know Carolina and South Carolina and change coming at me hard, but I'm staying home because they're building something. Yeah. By the way, shout out to my, my guy, Shane. Let me tell you something right now, regardless of what we build, Shane's always going to be tough to recruit against because Shane is. is an energetic. He's just, that's just, he's going to be a thorn in our side, but not to the point where we're not going to always get kids because of him. But we're going to have to outwork Shane because Shane 
I like Shane. I love Shane, actually. That's my guy. He's building something. But I still think, well, we play them in a few years, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's that's going to be a lot of fun, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, th- I think the turnaround can be quick because I think it's effort. I think it's just about relationships. I mean, there's been a lot of damage and, and, and there were some teams and programs ostracized. But I feel like um, when you're sincere, like I'm a sincere person. So like if I apologize or I do something right, people believe me. And I think if people believe Pry and his staff, um, you can tell the effort's there. Like even like early on, the Oscar Smith coaches felt some kind of way, and there was a little bit of a Twitter beef, and then it all got squared away, and you realize you didn't hear about it anymore because it got oh. taken care of. Um, and you're gonna see a lot of Oscar Smith players coming to Tech. Um, I don't think you know. I saw some tweets, you know, after the Maryland game, and I respect my followers and the people I follow. This is gonna be a long turnaround, and no, it's not. Um, you know what's funny? Um, and I'm not trying to say we're in the same situation because every program has its own journey, but it didn't take Dabo that long. Once he started, you know, people say, okay, this guy really means it. I mean, I know he could be, you know, people thought he was kind of corny and stuff, but at the end of the day, he came in and, you know, he did what he did. Um, I, I think when it comes down to it, you when you when you're sincere and you're building something, and and coaches and high school level see it and believe it because they're coaches too, and some of them can even be coaching on the collegiate level. They they'll believe it and they'll and they'll let their players believe it. Um, so I I don't think it's going to be a long. I don't I don't foresee it being like seven years, six years. I think the whole thing with winning, that's a yeah. different story because Virginia Tech's got to get depth. They got to get some depth on the D line. I mean, we always like one injury and all of a sudden we got guys that are you know serving. Cold Stone ice cream playing defensive tackle. And it's like, why do we not have enough defensive tackles? Like, is this college football? Why are we always the only program that has to move a guy from safety to DN? What happened to our depth? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, man. Like, I don't understand it. Um, but how, but how do we not have six reliable D tackles? Like, it just makes me just cringe. It's crazy. Like, we always like, yeah, we're going to be hurt if, if that's serious. It, I'm like, what? We went from a starter to now we got to bring a walk-in from Lake Braddock? I don't understand, like, why are we in that situation, bro? But I think that's the, the combination of attrition, not recruiting with a real strategy in mind, yes. and understanding how to get people to build on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, recruiting, the recruiting plan, oh, oh. man. The, the roster management, especially after – I'd say after the 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 2017 2018 class like it got bad real quick. Mm-hmm. And it, and it wasn't great to start off but it got real bad just stacking so many players at one position in one class. Like you you know if you take five wide receivers in one class, you know two or three of them are going to transfer before they even get to touch the field. Why are you taking so many receivers, bro? And <laughs> running backs, running backs became a thing too. We had we had what eleven scholarship running backs at one point. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. I'm gonna tell. I, I stand. I could have played receiver at Tech if I was a receiver, but I will say it even then. I'll say it now. Virginia Tech will begin winning when they get the defense and offensive line the way it's supposed to be. 100%. I promise you. You. It's not about being in SEC. You look at Georgia. You look at Clemson. You look at even the programs like Pittsburgh that won the ACC. 
You look at the teams that win consistently, even if they win eight or nine games, they have an identity and they have players on the LOS, which is the line of scrimmage. Your offensive and defensive line, you look at the Rams, you look at teams that win, even in high school, Phoebus that won Division Four. You look at Oscar Smith. They ran through um, a, a battlefield because they have guys my size in high school. They control the line of scrimmage. Yep. All this, all this sexiness. Oh, he can catch. He's got his shirt rolled up. He's got abs. Uh, listen, that's cute <laughs> for IG. We need some. We need some. We need some record Ralphs. Some real big guys. Yeah, you got to have some guys that can push the pop. That's why I was a big fan of that kid that went to Minnesota. Um, and the kid Brock Hoffman, I like him. I like guys like that play like Jake Grove. Drake Grove would dump his own mom if she was in front of him at that three technique. <laughs> I, I think that's true. It's true. And I, when, when you think about it, I mean, if you can run the ball and protect your quarterback, and stop the run and and sack the quarterback, you're going to win a shit ton of games. Yeah. Yep. That's just what yep. it is. I, yep. I think you said it earlier. I think that's why you're excited about Rudolph. He, he, he gives you that vibe of J.B. Grimes, but then you look at his Wisconsin teams, all Americans, getting drafted. Nasty. They're, Nasty. They're not, they're not pretty blocking. They are trying to maul someone. Yes. And, and – Knowing JC's mentality on the defensive line and how he recruits, I mean, can we have Death Row twenty twenty two? Can Death Row make it? Can we do that? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Now that JC Price is reunited with Pry, that's a nugget you just dropped right there, Kirk. Death Watch what happens. Watch what. See again, D line and O line. Look at all the successful teams in the Big Ten and the ACC. And the SEC, even in the MEAC, even in the small conferences, you gotta have the O line, D line depth. And again, like Brian just said, at the end of the day, man, you gotta be able to protect your quarterback, and you gotta be able to get a third and one on the goal line. You gotta be able to move. Like we, a lot of times, we were just too cute. We didn't have any physical. Like you had it at moments. Like we had yeah. Wyatt. Wyatt Teller is one of my all time favorites. Um, Wyatt Teller was nasty. Why tell her you see what he's doing in the NFL? He making right? highlight films as a guard in the NFL because he destroys <laughs> people and it's awesome. Why tell her I met him in high school. I'm gonna post a picture if I don't forget. He was at one of my football camps and um he was a UVA lean and he asked me about tech because he was spiritual or he is spiritual and he you know he he really liked Mike London. He said, you know, I like the fact he's a man of faith and I said no, Mike London's a great guy. And he asked me about Beamer. I said, Beamer is very spiritual. He's a man of faith too. And he was like, really? I said, he's just not going to try to sell you about it because, you know, you have your own your own walk. And, uh, you know, about a month later, he committed to tech. And I told people then, I was like, we just got ourselves a steal because, you know, he was projected as a D lineman, but he yeah. put on so much weight and he got so strong. Man, he was a monster at O-line. I'm not surprised how well he's doing in the NFL, man. And, um, He's one of my favorite people. He also won him a 57. Um, yes, so why tell her? Why tell her? But you got to have guys like that. And it, guess yeah. what, guys? He's from Bilton, which is up here in Northern Virginia. He went to Liberty High School. You know, again, I mean, it's not that hard. And again, that's not a school that every year puts out a lot of talent, but you don't need seven guys. You just need that one guy that fits your program that's also an in state guy. So when they have 
another Wyatt Teller, they want to be part of that legacy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Le- legacy, believe it or not, is still important to guys in today's generation. They see what's going on. Legacy is very important. Um, they want to be. That's one reason why Ohio State is always good because there's a legacy and a culture there you want to be a part of. Believe it or not, right now, Mike Young, and you got to give Buzz Williams some credit too. There's yep. a legacy and there's an expectation with the Virginia Tech basketball program now where we expect them to go to the tournament. And now, they, now that they got that guy from DeMatha, it's going to be watch, watch, watch. That recruiting class, because we're on the verge of stealing one more kid in the like top 150. And you're talking about Rice from DeMatha. I mean, it's built. Can I say something real quick? The White said I dropped the yeah. nugget. For you young Hokie fans out there, when I say death row, 95, J.C. Price, Cornell Brown, Hank Coleman, that was the defensive line that ate people. That ate people. <laughs> so when I say let's bring death yeah. row to 2022, that's what I think we're going to see. <laughs> we're going to see a lot of dogs on that line. Um, yes. Let me ask this. We see Pry, and, man, the guy's everywhere. He's out wishing the wrestling team good luck as they leave for nationals. He's out with the women's basketball programs. He's going to the games. He's he's at restaurants in Blacksburg. He's he's making it known. How do you like the way in that it's not only the team, but himself and his staff are just promoting not only the school, but just the community. I mean, you know, you see him going to some place like, you know, you talk about Cheetah. He goes up at what in the PKs? Was it PKs or Sharkies? Sharkies one night. Sharkies, yeah. Sharkies, Sharkies. He says, This is how I like my wings. And they make it for him. How's that? I mean, how does that come off like to you guys? Because I, I just think it's just how it's supposed to be, man. I think if you're gonna be somewhere like Virginia Tech's my second home, I'm a seven five seven guy. Like I come from a very urban environment. Like, you know, I went to games where there were metal detectors. You know, I, I grew up with people that sold drugs. I, you know, I, I knew guys named Day Day and Fruit Loop and guys named Headache. I mean, I went, you know, but I, I love Southwest Virginia because of Virginia Tech. Um, also, to add to that, at the end of the day, I think it goes back to my statement about 20 minutes ago about branding. I think, you know, when you really care about your community and your culture, it matters to you. So your coaches stay late. They stay an hour, two hours late. They stay up and make sure a mother knows her son is taken care of. It matters to them. It's just not like, like I didn't, I wasn't living in tech the last six years, but how many commercials did Fuente have? How many restaurants did he have? How many bar and grills did he have? How many contracts did he have with dealerships? How many guys said, Oh yeah, I talked to coach Fuente. I was up at Lowe's and, um, we had a great conversation about this upcoming season. How many people felt like, you know, they knew Brad Cornelson? You know, how many people really felt like they knew Bo Davidson? Like, they, those guys were there to, to coach and go home. There was no connected. There was no social connectedness. Yeah. Um, they, and, I mean, how many guys did you know were visiting hospitals and talking to kids at children's hospitals? You know, like, if you're not enmeshed in the community, it's just a job. And if it's a job, then it's just a paycheck. And if it's just a paycheck, it's just something you're going to do to get your paycheck. It doesn't matter to you. Like the best quote, which pissed me off, almost threw my TV through the window, was we lost to Kentucky, a game we should have won by 20. 
And they were like, sorry about your loss, coach. He said, nobody died. Bruh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's got like, it's got to matter. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a bowl game, and yeah, but it's got to matter because when you, when you do that, your players see that. Your players see that. All right, so we we just here to get swag and get the university a couple extra bones at the end of the year, and then we're going about our business. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you're 100 right, B. Gentlemen, I lost the Temple in 1998. We were 14th in the nation. Six teams ahead of us lost. ESPN to this day and even Sports Illustrated rates it as one of the biggest upsets in college football. There's pictures of me in the Collegiate Times. I sat on the bench beside Clemson transfer Lamont Pagese. I didn't even go in the locker room. I sat there with tears in my eyes. We gave up. A, we were we were we were 35 point favorites. Um, we were we we were up 17 to nothing. We lost the game on homecoming my senior year. That was in 1998, and that still bothers me now. That's 1998. It is 2022, and that still bothers me now. We lost to North Carolina. They shouldn't have been in the Gator Bowl. We should have been there. We were seven and four, second in the Big East. They were ten and one, and they got screwed because they tied with Florida State. Florida State won the ACC and got the tiebreaker. They had ten first and second rounders: Ebenezer Ekubon, Bonnie Holiday, Dre Bly, Deion Dyer. They beat us forty-two to three. And that was one of the lowest points in my college career. And I still remember that. That was in 1997. You think Tyrod Taylor doesn't remember losing to Boise State? And he just got paid. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. But at the end of the day. Giants. Yeah. For my, still, Giants buddy at work. For my Giants buddy at work, he's starting by game six. You see Chris, you see, you see Chris Ellis and, and, and James Gale tweet about tech. It matters. Yes. So I'm sorry, bro. Like you, but you don't you don't know that when you didn't do your due diligence before you took the job. There's there's a bit of arrogance the coach has to have, but that humility is what gets them over the hump. Humility is what helps you have that work life balance where you understand that this is a job, but the program is bigger than me, and I'm here to steer the ship. That's what you have to have to win games. And I think when you're going to talk to the wrestling team. And you're going to the women's basketball. Shout out to Kenny Brooks, man, the women's basketball team, man. God, he Big is time. doing a great job. Kenny Brooks, man, doing a great job. But when you go and show love, those same people are going to cheer for you. And it, it creates a culture and a family atmosphere. It was there when, when Beamer was there and Bonnie. Bonnie was the female basketball coach when the women's basketball team was really, really good. They're good now. But, I mean, yeah. she was there. You know, she I think she took, took a job in Purdue or whatever. But the point I'm getting at is when the coaches are together and they all are buying in and the wrestling team is like, damn, this guy just came to wish us luck and the football team's behind us. It just creates a culture. And then you start to see all the programs win. And, they, you know, that's that's you see that in high school, right? Yep. When basketball team is good, then the track team is good, then the football team is good. And some of those guys play on the other teams. It's like, man. Such and such high school is always good because there's a culture there, right? The expectation, the foundation is even established and laid down. So I love what he's about, man. And I'm going to be on a radio show tomorrow morning. I'm on after him on Big Talk and Big Dog Sports Radio. I'm on at 8:35. Pry is on there before me. So um I'll get I mean, I won't be on there with him, but I'll be listening to him before I jump on. 
right? Shout out Big Dog Talk Radio. What Radford, right? Yeah, yeah. Big Dog Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some more from the White tomorrow at eight thirty-five in the morning. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, the the big thing. I know we uh, we talked about a little bit um, in DMs before you came on. How pumped are you about these open practices coming back? Long overdue, bro. Long overdue. <laughs> I mean, I used to go there. I, it's hard. I'm like, I'm like, Kurt, I got kids that play sports. I got three children, a daughter who's a senior. So I can't jump in the whip and drive down there anymore, drive up there, whatever. But um, I mean, just be able to go and know I can go and, and you know, being a, I can come on the field and, and be a part of that or watch it from the stands. That's how it's supposed to be, right? That's, I was so jealous of the other teams that had that. Like, I never understood what the secret was about the discretion when we were averaging 19 points a game. I didn't understand, like, what are you hiding? I know what you're going to run every down. Um, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Um, um, because, like, at the end of the day, it's football. Don't make it out to be trigonometry, man. Like, it's football. Yeah. So I didn't get the, the, the secrecy, but um, – I just think it just it's all about just creating that culture. I know I know I keep saying that word, but I just feel like that's what it's all about. I I, I think it's a great move. And 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 I think also too for those kids who mm-hmm. freshmen, juniors, sophomores who last year was that first experience at Lane Stadium, it's like you want to encourage them like it's gonna be like at one o'clock on a Saturday. It's gonna be Saturday looks to be like seventy-five. Go out there. Go to go to lot one. You don't get lot one until you get really rich. Go to lot one mm-hmm. with your tailgates. Have a blast. Go in the stadium. And then you talk about with the kids on the field, it's the energy, right? You, you, you see people showing up, want to watch you play and cheering you on. It's that positive vibe that just comes through like, this is what I came here for. I came yeah, here yeah. to place rock. I came yep. here to be supported. And not only these kids, but these adults are coming out on a Saturday afternoon to just sit and watch me practice and give their support and show their love for me. That goes so far because when you are playing BC in September, and maybe it's a tight game, and you know you're grinding to get to that last piece, that you know, scrape your knuckles to win the game. You look at the fans and you go back to that day in March, right? I remember them sitting there cheering us. I don't want to lose because I want them to mm-hmm. drive out the stadium tonight as happy as they can be. Well, let's yeah. talk about this too. I mean, we got, uh, you know, we, we're used to hosting those recruits even on on spring game. We got a good number of recruits showing up for this open practice this weekend. And I think that that's going to be some of the – I think we're going to see some of the first fireworks for the 23 class this weekend, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me, let me me just add on to that, B. At the end of the day, I know you, we started this podcast off. You guys were talking about the great win over Duke and Carolina. You know, I get why everybody hates Duke or you love them, mostly hate them. And then same thing with Carolina. But you know what they have? They have a lot of bandwagon fans. And Virginia Tech used to have a lot of bandwagon fans because we were Virginia's team. Like, we were the team, the football team, because we don't have a pro team. So everybody was rocking with Tech. Even before Inter Sandman and all of that, it was like, oh, you ever been to a Tech game? And we took over, we took over FedEx Field. So 
like tech had a lot of fans that don't have one credit from Virginia Tech that just love tech because like, you know, Michael Vick and all these other players that went there, Lee Suggs. So my point in being is part of what makes your program great is the fact that you become such a national brand. The fact that Duke is global, the fact that people hate them because they win so much, they're relevant. You get tired of everybody talking about how great they are, but that's what you want for tech sports. You want that for, I want bandwagon fans. I want people to say, I hate Virginia Tech. Why? Because you guys always win. I want that. I want that. I want recruits to commit because of the culture. You want open practices. You want a big barbecue. You want guys in Chicago wearing a Virginia Tech hoodie. You you went to Tech? No, 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 man. But I saw them play against Nebraska. They had that great win. Danny Cole, some dude caught the ball. And Tyrod, now he's with the Giants. You want conversations like that. Yep. I love yeah, it in the have, 90s and 2000s when we had, yeah. you know, people coming to you. I don't like tech. They play nasty on D. Yeah, we're supposed to. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're yes. about. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I want, I want the pads popping. I want the open practices. I want to be relevant. I hate yes. being irrelevant. When, like, I joked with Norm Wood one, some, one time. He was interviewing me four years ago. And um, we were just talking because Norwood Wood is from down my way. He covered me in high school and even some in college. And um, I said, Norm, you know what's sad? He was doing a preview for the UVA Tech game. I said, man, outside of Blacksburg and Southwest Virginia and Charlottesville, nobody cares about this game. You got yeah. two, five, and six, two, oh, yeah. five, and six teams playing on ESPN. I said, I want us to be ranked and relevant i miss when we were a dark horse to win a national championship i know the young fans don't realize this but there were there was back in the day when mark may and and uh lou holtz used to be on college game day and um they would pick their dark horses for national championship teams so they would say who you have who should look out for and they'd be like watch out for wisconsin and i tell you what watch out for virginia tech and you'd be like every year Tech was a dark horse. Now it's I can't believe Ohio State lost to them. Yeah. I don't like that. That's embarrassing. Now we're we a dark like, horse to maybe win the coastal. Maybe, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, I did yeah, I didn't mean to go off on that, man. You guys got me going, but I mean, I'm glad when you ask me how that makes me feel. It makes me feel like we got a chance to be relative with recruits. It makes us it makes me feel like, you know, we can get some – the fact that Pry is personable and has a personality, the fact that he cares and he's not afraid to get emotional and he's at, you know, um, he on the call we had with the alumni, he was talking about the Richmond Coaching Clinic, how uh, UVA coaches yeah. were there and they just showed up and how tech coaches came and they had the balloons and they had the table and they had the Commonwealth Cup there and all that and people took notice like wow these guys really can't where the, the uva coaches came they just had their clipboards and planners right they yep. weren't there tech is they gets it it's the little things like that right and so it's like if i came to your house and i know you're married and your wife has a certain wine i go and stop by the grocery store and make sure i get that wine for her you know what i'm saying it's the respect it's the respecting the coaches and your product hundred percent. It's, 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 again, it's like a, they have a strategy. It isn't just show no up doubt. and do it. It isn't just, 
it isn't just show up to Phoebus when they've got a high four star or, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, let's go on the seven five. It's a big year for them. Or let's stay in Richmond. It's like, no, our marketing strategy is this is our state. And then obviously you've heard it and I'm sure you've heard it on the zoom calls with, you know, your brethren there, the six hour radius. If you can drive to tech, we want you. And we start talking about that six hour radius. Georgia's in there, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ohio, Pennsylvania, the DMV. I mean, that's a, and, and, and I always say, and, and, and I know you can back me up, a lot of people always think those early teams, it was nothing but Virginia kids, number Virginia kids. That's what we got to always do. You know what, George Del Rico, Pearson from South Carolina. Those teams, it was a lot of Virginia kids. You were one of them. J.C. Price from Maryland. Yep. It was that footprint that 93, we got good. and Kids started coming from Maryland and Pennsylvania. Kevin Jones. It's like, if we can get some talent in all, get the talent in Virginia. Find the dogs, get the super talented high guys. But then you start going down and take a couple from Carolina, mm-hmm. Georgia. The next thing you know, the footprint's back, and it's where it was, where these and it's, and it's balanced the way it needs to, where yeah. you still got your foundation in Virginia. Yes, but 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 you're hitting the talent that works for what you do and matches your culture from some of those other areas in that footprint. Yeah, what you're describing is. What I said, you know, a while back in this episode of Beamer left you the blueprint. All you had to do was build on it because Maryland, D.C. and people like that, they they there's a blueprint where they want to be a part of because, you know, Virginia Tech is a great school to go to because they're not going to go to Maryland. Um, and many times they're not going to go to UVA unless they really want to go to UVA. I'm not taking shots at UVA on your show. I'm just saying at the end of the day, like. Virginia Tech, if they could just win and, and recruit the way they're doing, you're going to get the right kids. And on top of it, um, I'm always been a Virginia guy, but I've said numerous times on Twitter, get back to getting to Florida guys. Get yeah. back to getting those guys, the Lauren Johnsons, the Phillip Summers, the Anthony Midgets, the um, the, the the Brandon Flowers, the uh, what's the cornerback that was so smooth? He had nine interceptions one year. He went to oh, the yeah. Giants. He, J. Ron Housley. J. Ron Hosley, yeah, Hosley, getting those guys. You got to get um the Daddy Nicholases and the um the Florida guys, man. You just got to get them, man. Those guys, those yeah. guys was Florida was great to Virginia Tech, and then we just kind of stopped. And I'm like, man, you know, and South Carolina has a rich history, and they love they've they've done great they've done great job uh with uh with doing well at Virginia Tech, as you mentioned. Um, and again, Maryland always has ballers. It's a basketball state at the same time, but a lot of football talent is in Maryland. A lot of football talent. Absolutely. All right. A couple more questions, because as usual, Dwight, just like last year, when you jump on with us, it's not an hour episode. It's not 75 minutes. <laughs> we, we go I'm two. sorry about that. No. I'm sorry about nah, that. No, we love it. Love it, dude. We love it. <laughs> You're going to give us everything. We can talk back and forth. We can shoot the breeze. So, but I got two, got a couple more questions here. All right, year one, what's your measuring stick? What What do you think, you know, field, 
not only on the field, wins and losses, but on the recruiting trail? What's what's what are you looking for? Recruiting, I'm 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 definitely confident in. I'm recruiting. I'm very happy about. Um, I feel like that's gonna really take off. I feel like recruiting is gonna be. I think you guys are gonna be like, wow, we actually got him. Not maybe y'all too, because y'all are pretty well in tune. But you know, some of the the cynics, cynics and naysayers. Um, <laughs> but um, the on the field, I feel like we're gonna have a solid season. I feel like a solid season, meaning you know, it could be good, but we can actually get some momentum and, and take off. There is not a team in the coastal uh, I would fear. Um, I respect everybody. I res- I never. You really won't hear ever see me or 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 hear me taking shots at UVA because we always beat them. Um, but I feel like UVA Bronco was a major loss. The timing wasn't great. I like Elliott for them. Um, I know they bring back um, Armstrong, who is a phenomenal talent. I like him a lot. I just feel like they lost a lot of weapons, and I feel like when you go through a change like that that wasn't smooth, it was kind of controversial. I think they're going to be in the mix. They have a favorable schedule, but at the yeah. same time, I like I like us against UVA. I think Carolina's going to take a step back. I think they're not criticized enough because they have a lot of talent and they've underachieved. I don't care about what they lost. Shout out to my guy, um, Daz Newsom. That's family right there for me, but Daz and the other guys and the running backs they lost, that was a huge loss for them, but they still had a lot of players and I feel like um, they get a pass because it's Carolina, but they should have been better. And I think the quarterback they lost, Sam, yeah. I just I don't I don't I don't know if you replace him overnight. That cat that guy was good. He was really good. Um, with quarterback play, if you have a great running game around you and, and experienced receivers, you can overcome that. I'm not sure Carolina's tough enough. I'm not sure Carolina's tough enough. No. Um, I feel like I feel like. They they look good. I feel like they're pretty, they're sexy, but I think when the game gets grimy and gutty, I don't I don't trust them. Pittsburgh is tough enough and we gotta go up there. So I don't trust us there yet. Maybe maybe one day, you know, it reminds me of how I was and how we've been when we go to Syracuse. But I mean, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I feel like the out of conference games are winnable. I feel like we can get between seven and eight wins. Um Yep. But I, I will say this. I think the ceiling, uh, you, what you guys, you guys gamble over and under. I think we can go over. I just got to make sure our quarterback play. That's the key. I think running game and the old line is going to be good enough to win. We got to get a quarterback. I like, um, what's his name, Brummeister? He was tough, right? He was tough. He played hard. He, I mean, he looked, he was out there getting hit like Raggedy Ann and Andy. I mean, he was out there just <laughs> Flung around. I mean, yeah. I, I I had a lot of respect for that kid, man. I thought he played his his tail off against UVA. I felt like he competed. I I, I used to look at him, but I, I felt like he was put in some very difficult situations. I have a lot of respect for him. I hope he hears this or somebody tells him. I just appreciate what he did for Virginia Tech because I felt like he was put in some really difficult situations yeah. schematically, and I felt like at times they didn't utilize him the way he should have been utilized. He's not a dope passer, this, that, whatever, but he played for that university and he played hard in the two years he was at Tech. But if we got to get a quarterback. We got to get a quarterback. We've left too many too many good quarterbacks that we can win with. Go. We can get the quarterback position solidified. I'll tell you this, defense is going to be physical. The defense is going to play. 
Um, but I mean, again, Miami is Miami. Virginia Tech will always play Miami tough because of the history, the rivalry. So that's a that's a pick 'em. But the rest of the coastal, I mean, you're in a good position because it's anybody's division to win. I don't really care for that whole, you know, that little will they have on ESPN, the will of destiny, and they spin the will. And I think that's corny. Um, I like it when a team dominates. I hope it's us. I hate that whole, guess who won it this year? I hate that. Yeah. Um, I think it's stupid and corny, but, you know, you got to get viewership. You got to get stuff that's corny so people can talk about it. I think Tech can win it. This is a good time for Pride and staff because everybody is kind of in transition in the Coastal. Carolina lost a quarterback. Miami, is they got a new, you know, trying to figure it out. They got talent, but Miami is always going to have talent. Always. Um, always. Always. Um, well, you talked about Pitt. They lost their quarterback. They lost their OC. They, they lost a bunch yeah, of good players. Yeah. They, Duke's not good. Georgia Tech. No. Oh. I don't even know. No, and, I, and you know what? I'm glad you brought – I saw, I couldn't remember. You know, it's funny, Kurt, you brought Georgia Tech. I told this to Brendan Hill. Me and Brendan Hill got in an argument, a debate – not an argument, a debate on Twitter. He was like, oh, Atlanta is a hotbed, Atlanta. I'm like, dude, they were set back decades with that offense. It is going to take – see, that's a program, if you asked me on your show, that's the program that's going to take a long time to rebuild because Georgia Tech was in that triple option, Paul Johnson. For years, their their program was built on undersized linemen, and it was a very prehistoric, antiquated offense. It worked for them, but you got to get a coach. Plus, that's a tough place to recruit to because Georgia runs that state. So well, you're recruiting like, against Georgia I, and Alabama, and yeah, Florida, directly, and, Florida, yeah. and, Florida, <laughs> yeah. and Miami. Mm-hmm. You you recruit against everybody. Yeah, you it's just a it's, it's a tough place. This is not back in the day. When they had Patrick Swilling. So with all that being said, like you mentioned, Duke is terrible. Um, God bless him. You know, Cutcliffe did a great job, but it's just tough to win there. And I felt like they kind of let him stay a little bit too long. Um, Tech could catch if they can catch fire. If they if they come out and set the tone against ODU, I know ODU is not the measuring stick. What I'm saying is, I've been in I've been in the game a long time. I've been around the game a long time. A lot of time it's just your mentality and if your players believe and buy in. If they get good quarterback play, and I don't mean they need a, a, a guy like Tyrod or a Jim Drunkenmiller, just basically somebody that can manage the game, not turn the ball over, and play good offense and, and have an identity, they can win the Coastal. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but I just – you guys, you would have to show me a team I'm supposed to be afraid of in the Coastal. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Respect to UVA, they have a quarterback. They do. They, Armstrong can play, but at the same time, I you know they lost some very good players in the portal, um, and they also lost a lot of players to the graduation and also um, to the NFL. And that so, secondary was awful. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I and and, and I and I, I I'll say this: I know we this is a hokey uh, podcast, but I felt like. That was um, – Bronco was a big loss. I just feel like that was a big loss. I feel like Elliott's a good coach and he can win there, but he's got to establish himself as a head coach. He was an assistant at Clemson. The same way Pry's got to do the same thing. But I just feel like, you know, when you come in the way it came in and he had, you know, like I think they're going to win some games with him, but I just feel like, you know, I told this to my guy, Mod Hawkins, if I was Armstrong, I would have left. I yes. thought he, you know. I would have left 
the numbers he put up, the records he broke, you just don't do that consecutive years. Um, yeah. It's tough. Um, there's more film on you. You know, you pretty much got a scheme. The old the old line, you know, we talked about that. So um it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun, fun fall. I can't wait. You guys got me in football mode right now, even though it's March Madness, right? That's right, that's right. Because <laughs> like, you know, going on right yeah, now. you know, like 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 yeah. It's a game uh, in overtime? Yeah, okay. 73-73 with two minutes left in OT. Yeah, yeah, that? okay. Yeah, you you seen my head turn. My little man came out. <laughs> no, all good. Yeah, I Kurt, Kurt, Curtis got three TVs set up uh, just to his right there. So, And this is why it. March Madness in college football mm-hmm. is why. All right, so you mentioned it. You're excited for football season. You hadn't been down in a while. Are you going back home? This fall. Yes. Yeah. I'm coming back because I was boycotting. I was mad. I didn't <laughs> want to be there. I didn't want to. I couldn't. I wasn't driving three and a half hours to see us put up 22 points against a team from, um, you know, Wyoming. I just, I, I just was, I, I felt, you know, man, like your boy, man, was taking away something I love and I love like I love my family. Like you can't mess with my school. You can't mess with it's my favorite team, man. Like I don't have a favorite NFL NBA team. So like, you know, when when tech wins, man, like the sun shines brighter, man. The air is fresher. You know, the food tastes better. You know what I mean? Like everything is better. I get to I get to throw this on. I walk with my chest out. I'm going everywhere. Like, oh yeah, you saw the game? Go home. You know what I'm saying? That's like right. um I I I I uh I will be back now. See, for me, I hear people say, "Man, we don't play any." I don't even care. We could be playing Centerville Jumping Jacks, the Jerusalem, <laughs> the, the Jerusalem. We could be playing the Jerusalem Nighthawks. It doesn't matter. I I, I go for the experience. I go to yes. be at the bookstore to get me a new keychain, a hat, some tech gear. I go to see fans go crazy and cuss, curse the ref out. You know, so like for me, it's the experience. I didn't want to go back. My last tech game, my last tech game, I sat in a rainstorm with my wife and kids on New Year's Eve, and I watched us choke against Cincinnati, a game we, and Cincinnati was really good that year. They were a 10-win team. They had a bunch of upperclassmen, and we were outplaying them. Um, we were We were down there, and we had just got a turnover. And we fumbled on the goal line. They came back and won. And the tech team played hard. But I sat there. My underwear was soaked. My socks were soaked. My youngest daughter was mad. We had on ponchos. My gla- I wear glasses. I didn't have any windshield wipers. So I was just taking my glasses off and wiping them. And I sat there as I went back to my vehicle with a bunch of disgruntled and dejected tech fans. And I look at my wife and I said, I am done. She said, what do you mean? I said, I will never go back to a game again. I can't do this. I can't do my, my New Year's. I'm ruined. I I can't do this to myself. I can't drive and get excited and get my expectations and my hopes up to see us give away games, to sit in these conditions. I, I got to make better use of my time and money. And I wasn't mad at the players because they're players. I don't do that. I played, so I know what, you know what that means to them. But I felt like we weren't going anywhere. We were going, it was the same old thing. Wait till next year. And we got these guys coming back. I was like, bruh, it's the same song and dance. So I wasn't going to see us play Notre Dame. I did watch it. 
on my phone. I thought we were going to win that game. And then all of a sudden, we're up nine, and we give that game away. I remember the pick six. I was like, we're going to win the game. We're going to beat the Fighting Irish in the primetime game. And we gave it away. And I said to my, I said, this is why I didn't go. I said, look at it. Look at him. Look at what's happening. Look, there was a guy. I wish I could meet him. There was a man. We were playing Boston College. And we, we, they were ranked number two in the country. We were top seven. It was the Tyrod Sean Glennon game when uh, Tyrod had the ankle sprain, the, the catch Eddie Royal had. Matt Ryan came back. We lost 14 to 10, right? Yep. It was raining, right? It was a Thursday night game. We win that game, we, we jump into the top two. We lost mm-hmm. ugly to LSU, but we're in the top two. We played for a national championship. We finished the regular season fifth in the nation that year. Yes, we did. If if we beat them, we go. But there was a man. I'm on the phone talking to one of my one of my best friends, Tyrone Times, who went to Virginia Tech, and we're venting, you know, and I'm just going off, and we're talking about what we didn't do wrong, how we were up ten to nothing, and we did that quick kick, and how Josh Morgan fumbled the onside kick, and we're just replaying the game. And I remember he was at the game. He was talking to me in the parking lot in his car. And I remember as I'm talking to him, I look at ESPN. I record the games on my DVR. ESPN shows a tech fan, and he's sitting there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a guy, and he has his hoodie on. He's just sitting like this, and he's the only guy in the stadium. And I paused it, and I said, "That is what being a tech fan is like. We are so close. I am so tired of being." He was so dejected. That's what I felt after the Notre Dame game. After the pit game, when Kevin Jones went for 500 yards rushing and we lost because Larry Fitzgerald scored in the second half and D'Angelo Hall was benched in the first half, that's what it felt like when we had a game one against Boise State and we settled for a field goal and they come down and march down. That's what it felt like when we had USC build, beat and they call a phantom offensive pass interference. That's what it felt like when we lost to Kansas when Tlaib, whatever, picked off Tyrod because everybody knew when he came in, he was going to throw the certain route. He picks it off. We lose to Kansas on a fake punt. Those memories, you see how I can spit those memories yep. off? Yep. We all can. That's why I, that's why I had to can. take a – that's why I had to stop going because <laughs> the rides back and the conversations I was having with myself, you know, <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't healthy. They weren't healthy. So that doesn't mean I don't love my school or my program. It's just that I want to get over the hump. I want the confetti. I want what happened last Saturday night to happen yes. again and again, but for a bigger game. Yep. I want that chip. I, I, I tell you, man, I got my tech helmet downstairs in my man cave in my basement. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to drive around the whole day and with that helmet on. I'm gonna. I'm when we fight. I'm gonna go around. I mean, I may be like Terry Tate, whatever his name was, with the shoulder pads on, the crazy <laughs> linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. To me, man. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, and I don't, I don't. To your listeners and viewers, I'm not mocking those losses. Just to be clear, they're they're still painful because you sit there and you get you 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 get like we're gonna do it. Last memory. I'm sitting in the national championship game. I'm a year removed from Virginia Tech. 
1999. We're in the Sugar. We're in the Sugar Bowl, playing Florida State. And my girlfriend, now my wife, Shanice, is sitting beside me, and we're up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 29 to 28. 29 to 28. And I'm looking around. I'm looking around. And tech fans can feel it. And I, I get emotional thinking about it. And I'm looking around. I'm like, we're up. And I look at my wife, you know, my girlfriend at the time, and she's shaking. I said, Are you all right? She's like, we're about to win the national championship. I said, well, don't jinx it. She's like, I can't believe we're up because we were down. We came back. Yeah. And it was so loud. And I look, and then all of a sudden, Florida State snatched it from us. And I remember sitting there. I remember sitting there, and the crowd cleared out. And I was just sitting there with her. Just, I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I couldn't move like that guy that was at the Boston College game. I couldn't move because it hurt me to my core. It felt like somebody told me, hey, man, you're not going to live tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it hurt me. So I want us this year to have a successful season. I don't do the over-under. I don't do the, you know, we're going to be 6-6. Six and six. We, I don't know. I, 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 I like our chances in a lot of games because I don't think the Coastal is that good. And I think the ACC is open. I think Clemson is still recovering from losing a once-in-a-lifetime generational talent with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So I feel like right now the ACC is wide open. One team is going to step up. There's a team right now that's going to step up. It could be Wake. It could be Tech. It could be Miami. But somebody's Florida State. It could be somebody. But I want it to be us. I'm going to be selfish. I feel like if there's a fan base due, all that suffering I just reflected on your show, and I can keep going. Yes, if, there's somebody that, if there's somebody that's due, we're due. We are due. We have been through it all. I mean, come on, man. I mean, not like the Cowboy fans that, you know, that swear. I'm not talking. I'm not, you know, they feel like they do. They have talent. That's a deeper issue. To me, we are due. I just hope we can. I I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm long. I'm rambling. But I just, you guys get me going because it just gets to a point where I want you guys to understand how much it means to me. I don't want to sound like it's an addiction or a sickening. It's just more so it matters, right? Um, yeah. it's, it's passion. It matters. It's passion. It's passion, and and I think for, I think the listeners, uh, Lavar Cooper, shout out from Facebook, said he remembered every game you were talking about. It's passion, and it's being there, and being fans, or being players, or being alumni for so long. Memories are ingrained, and and the 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 losses always you remember quicker. You always hurt more. I mean, don't get me wrong. Will I never forget Morgantown? In the miracle? No, no. Will I ever forget Tyron's miracle? No. But like like you said about 99, me and Brian, I was a junior. He was a sophomore in high school. That third quarter and what Mike did and that team did, that still is – it's like you show that to one person, and if they've never heard of Michael Vick, that shorter will tell them everything they need to know. Mm-hmm. And then in the years go by and, you know, we've been there for heartbreak and like we should have won that game. And you're right. We are due. And we, 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 we're going to stay in touch because hopefully Brian can get you at spring game, yep. but we won't stay in touch. So when we know you're going down for the game, 
I will try everything in my power to make sure I can get down. I'll call my mom and be like, Mom, I need you to come up for the weekend. <laughs> And I ain't leaving yeah, home, man. all three kids, and I don't want to be in the doghouse for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know. I know, I know. We're wrapping up, but I'll just say it's really, really, really quick. Go for it. It's man. funny, Go man. You mentioned that Nebraska game. I remember where I was. I was at the the Tech Sports Bar in Arlington, and um, I was there with my wife and two of my three kids. My third one wasn't born yet, and I remember we came back, and the whole place, the Florida Tennessee game, was on the other TV. But it was a place, I think it's still a place in Arlington where a lot of tech fans go. And I remember we won that game and they come back. We were, you know, you know, sports bar. And I'm reluctant to go to sports bar because people say dumb stuff. Yes, they and I do. I just don't like being around. I don't like being around. I, I'll look and I'll be like, I got to go. I can't be around. But that, that day we came back, I remember I just the rest of the weekend, like I talked to my dad and he was like, we just won the phone and we were just like, what a crazy game. And I was like, Tech just beat Nebraska, and they they they, they beat Miami thirty-one to seven, and we're gonna run the table. And I felt like so excited, but you know that's what it's about. Those big wins, those moments. It's just like a great Christmas with your family, a great Thanksgiving meal with your grandmother. It's like, man, that's the time me, Curtis, and Brian hung out, and we took the shots, and then we beat Georgia Tech thirty-five to seventeen, and we we posted some pictures on Instagram and. That they're forever, right? Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? So I, I want more of those, like like Saturday night, man. Like me and my That's wife it. were just up. We were tweeting and, and retweeting and texting and Facebook was jumping and we were like, yo, this is the best. It's you know, for the and, soul. You know, it, 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 it is, soul. man. I wish everyone can experience it, man. That's what makes we us I think we got the best fan base in the country. And I feel like pride knows that. And when we start winning, man, it's gonna be on, especially with the, the Twitter. We we take over Twitter, so you know we might shut the internet down, brother. That's right. <laughs> I, I love how after basketball victories, we get in the uh, the the final score of the the opponent, and just get in the mentions, and just tear it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely man. Yeah, awesome. lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Like as usual, man. It's nothing but a blast when you're with us. We go down memory lane. We talk about the past, the present, the future. Your memories, your your insight, your intelligence. Um, thank you for joining us again, and oh, you know we're gonna you. have you back. I mean, yeah. I feel like now it's official that the week of March Madness. It's Vic Madness on the Boundary Corner podcast. Like, buckle up! It ain't gonna be. We're gonna be here for a two hour and twenty minute ride of tech. Everything. With a lot of passion, a lot of soul, a lot of funny stories, a lot of smiles, a lot of shaking of our heads. But we, we, we're, we're, we're in a new era now with someone who has Hokey and Maroon in his blood and uh, with Pearson Prelude and JC and Adibi and, you know, Gavea Winslow. A lot of Hokey's blood in this staff, and I can't wait. Brian, Dwight, anything else before we wrap up, guys? No, I'm good. I'm I just good. want to say thank you here for, for Dwight for jumping on. It's always a pleasure. Um, always looking forward to having you on. Always look forward to seeing what you got to say on the timeline. Always looking forward to, uh, you know, the tweets and the insight that you bring to the game. So, uh, a, as usual, ambassador of Hokie Nation right here, Dwight Vick. That's I just him. want to thank you both, man. I just want to thank you both. I'm big fans of you both, man. I, I never take an interview, an opportunity to share my truth and insight for granted. 
God bless you both, man. Keep up the great work. I check for your stuff. I always listen, especially during the season. You guys give great insight. You're ahead of the game. There's enough people out here that appreciate everything we're all doing, man. We're in this together, man. Again, whatever I can do to support you guys, I'll keep you both in prayer. Shout out to your families, your fans, your supporters, man. Thank you again, man. All right? I appreciate y'all, man. Same to you and your family and everything, Dwight. We we really appreciate it. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast with Dwight Bick. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Visit our website, BoundaryCornerBT.com, to listen to all of our episodes. While you are there, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube account where you can take a look at that episode where Brian breaks down the offense, our buddy breaks down the defense, what we potentially see at Tech next fall. Um, and your favorite podcast source, Spotify, uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. We're on all of them. Um, also, our buddy Jason Long, the music you hear in and out, uh, that's him. Check him out on Spotify and Apple Music. Check him out on his YouTube cover channel where it's no telling what he's going to cover next. We thank you for listening. And as always, let's go. Hokey. Okay.